0: Hello and welcome to It's a Musical Podcast, the podcast show where I introduce my fiance to musicals that she should have seen by now and then we talk about them.
1: I'm the fiance. And
0: I am Danny.
1: This is weird.
0: <laughs> I, I quite like this throne that you sit upon.
1: Yes. I,
0: I I don't ever want to give it up. Can I always sit on this chair? No.
1: I'm Aww. sat on the floor like a peasant waiting to be taught about some musicals. You are
0: not sat on the floor like a peasant you are sat at the learning tree as i usually am you only get to the progress the fountain of knowledge You only get to progress to a chair once you have seen the musical that is the gift that knowledge gives
1: yes indeed
0: we are talking about a somebody's
1: sh... going have believed
0: that do you know what the funny thing is when we started this show we were sitting on the floor that's true <laughs> that is true that is actually very true we are talking about a show i adore today in School of Rock. And I'm so excited to finally share this one with you.
1: I know you are. And I obviously have seen the film. Because I was a child in the yes. 2000s. So obviously I saw that movie. We had the soundtrack on CD. And we were playing in the car. So I know all of the songs from the film. Yes. But I the only thing I've seen from the stage show version is the... Performance of that one
0: song, <laughs> specifically that one song that collaborates with what other shows? Like
1: uh, four other shows, is it three other shows? It's
0: Cats and Phantom. Yeah,
1: so there was an Andrew Lloyd Webber mashup of is it "You're in the Band"? Yes. Yes, that is the song. So it's "You're in the Band" with the Gumby Cat and Rum Tum Tugger, and then the Phantom. Sing for me, yes. But it's so great.
0: It is great, and we'll post a link on socials because it's so exciting. It's
1: so funny because we have you have the one bit where his name's Dewey, right? Yes. Dewey tells the kid who plays the guitar to play. Oh no, it's the it's the girl that plays the bass, and he's like, "Oh, play this," and he plays. She
0: plays the tugger
1: scene, and he yeah. jumps out. Oh,
0: and then you cool. have the keyboard.
1: Dun, 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 dun.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: All incredible pieces of art.
0: So do you know, before we talk about making of this, God, this is weird. I have to think about the order of this. I know. And what do you need to know? You've seen the film. You know what the plot's going to be. Do you know who are the uh, creative personnel behind this show?
1: Yeah. Because obviously music by Andrew Lloyd Webber. The original film was written by Mike White yep um but he's not involved in this no
0: and mike white also plays ned schneedley in the film
1: yes which is the only reason why i would know that yes because otherwise i never really look into who writes movies unless somebody tells me but this version we have glenn slater of the little mermaid and gallivant and gallivant and a whole bunch of other things that i love including Sister sister act Basically, he gets on really well with Alan Menken.
0: Yeah, they've worked a lot. Uh, Slater wrote the lyrics as well for Tangled.
1: Yes. And then we have Julian Fellows, who wrote Downton Abbey. Yes. Why is he here?
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've not done much research on Julian Fellows. I don't really want to know much about Julian Fellows, to be completely honest. I mean...
1: I know he's in the House of Lords and that Downton Abbey is based on his actual family because his full name is Julian Alexander Kitchener Fellows.
0: Well, I can tell you this. He was in Tomorrow Never Dies, which is a Bond film, and unsuccessfully auditioned for the role of Master of Lake Town in the Hobbit series for the films.
2: Oh, I can
1: actually see that looking at a picture of him. I mean, they basically made Stephen Fry look like him.
0: They did. Has an interesting CV of writing credits for uh, film and theatre. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of theatre, we have Mary Poppins, we have School Weird. of Rock, we have Half a Sixpence, we have a show we love,
2: yeah,
0: In the Wind in the Willows, yeah. So, it has a very very accomplished CV, yeah. And that's, I think, all we're going to say about Julian Fellows.
1: Yeah, we'll move on. It's the same. At this point, we don't need to talk about Andrew Lloyd Webber. You all know who he is. Yeah.
0: This, for me... (sighs) I was so ready to go in and be disappointed because I've said this before on the podcast. Andrew Lloyd Webber came across to me as, he's the religious composer, right? Because I knew Andrew Lloyd Webber primarily as Joseph and... Jesus Christ, superstar. Mm -hmm. I hadn't connected the dots on cats. So I thought this is a very, very weird show, especially considering there is a joke in the film where Miranda Cosgrove during the band audition stands up and sings memory badly. Right. And that was the only thing I was like, huh, and Andrew Lloyd Webber is, is now working on that. It's like very, very weird to me. But they are the creative force behind this musical. It was announced in December two thousand and fourteen. It opened just under a year later. Unusually for Andrew Lloyd Webber, it did not open in the UK. It opened At on the Winter Broadway. Garden.
1: Yeah, I knew this. <laughs> and
0: this was because of the child labour laws, mm-hmm. basically. And it it, it debuted on Broadway in 2015. It was met with sold-out audiences, critical praise. Up there with Tonys, how many nominations do you think it got? Uh, Ten? Four.
1: Oh, okay. I thought I was being safe with ten.
0: Four nominations, one none, uh, but the West End transfer was planned. Yes. In terms of uh, it coming out on Broadway, interestingly... It made Andrew Lloyd Webber only the second composer in history mm. to have four shows playing on Broadway at the same time. The only other people had been Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah. So he had Sunset Boulevard, Cats and Phantom of the Opera playing on Broadway as well as School of Rock.
2: Mm.
1: When this opened, this is other things that I know about it. Yes. It starred Andrew Lloyd Webber's favourite leading lady, Sierra Burgess. Yes,
0: it did. And she's on the, the 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 cast recording.
1: Yes, she is. And the wonderful Alex Brightman, who yes. I love, and I actually watched retroactively yeah. the Broadway.com YouTube series that they run, where they give
2: the tours. A, a
1: tour camera to a uh, one of the leading actors in a musical, and they do a backstage vlog and alex brightman's vlog was called you're in the band and i watched that when he was in beetlejuice i learned absolutely nothing about what the show was about or what they'd added for the show but i know that sierra borges the way that she was dressed this is probably a weird thing but the way that she was dressed was not the way that the teacher looked in the film
0: no she's far more uptight I think is the fairest way to say yes I'd say a lot younger yeah is that a a choice
1: based on who she's playing against thing I
0: think so this was also so this was also his first Broadway show you know first show to debut on Broadway since 1971 Mm -hmm. uh, after Jesus Christ Superstar yeah so it has a tremendous run great cast and then It transfers very, very quickly, surprisingly quickly, Andrew Lloyd Webber would say, to uh, the new London Theatre, which is now known as the Gillian Lynn Theatre, in 2016. So about a year later, most people thought it'd be 2017, but Andrew Lloyd Webber revealed that finding the young performers was easier than anticipated so they could open earlier. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things I find incredibly amazing about this show... All the kids play their instruments on stage. Okay. Every time we see the kids playing the instruments, they are playing them. They're not miming. Which is something we wanted (laughs) to do with our version, but were unable to, due to the logistics of the equipment needed to do that.
1: And that makes sense. Obviously, when you've got a huge budget, you can do whatever you want. Yes. But... So in Half a Sixpence, the stage show, the actor who plays Artie is required to also play the banjo. Yep. And while he does play the banjo in the show, they also have a backing track underneath. Yeah. Is that the same here? Because what happens if they I, royally mess I think,
0: up? I think they must they're do. Kids. they I think they must do. This won an Olivier Award in 2017. It, it was nominated for Best New Musical and Best Actor in a Musical for David Finn, who was playing Dewey Finn.
1: Yeah.
0: It was nominated and it won Outstanding Achievement in Music. And the nominee specifically was the three children's bands who play music live every night. And it won.
1: Okay, that makes sense.
0: So... It's one of the most amazing things about this is that you are going to see very, very talented uh, young actors performing on stage, as well as playing these instruments on the stage. It premiered on Broadway November 9th, 2015, and it ran until January 20th, 2019, after 1309 performances. That's pretty good. It has had a US tour from 2017 to 2019.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. It has had an Australasian tour from 2018 to 2020. Um, It was supposed to continue, but obviously the pandemic stopped that. So it stopped the tour a little bit early.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And it was confirmed on the 20th of May, 2016 for the Gillian Lynn Theatre instead of the Palladium. And preview started on the 24th of October, 2016 Opening nights being 14th of November. Jack Black was in attendance. That's awesome. Very, very awesome. Again, loved it. And it ran until Sunday, the 1st of March 2020. So it was already known to be closing pre pandemic.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah.
0: Because Andrew Lloyd Webber was going to use that theatre for Cinderella.
1: Oh, yeah. And then they were uh, making all the changes to the theatre for Cinderella. Yep.
0: Now, David Finn debuted in the original London cast as Dewey. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We've talked about I've seen a couple of clips
1: of him before. He was good.
0: His final performance came on May 15th, Mm -hmm.
1: 2017,
0: but he returned for the very last performance of the show. That's cute. In 2018, from August 22nd, the cast was led by Craig Gallivan. Oh,
2: finn cool. As Dewey Finn.
0: As, uh, so that is Olaf. Mm-hmm. And he left on the 19th of August 2019, a year later. And then this UK tour had been planned uh, to originally open on the 13th of February 2021. That changed. Things were postponed. A lot of dates postponed. Uh, and it started... Uh, on the 7th of September,
1: 2021.
0: That's awesome. It's a phenomenal show. It really utterly is.
1: I have a question for you. Go for it. So scrolling through the principal roles in original because yes. I love to look at these things, and I recognise a lot of people, but it lists all of the child characters, yes. or at least the big named ones. Yeah. I'm assuming there's more kids... They're named kids in a sort of Matilda style. Yes. Um, In that we have a couple of kids that definitely have names that are said, but that there are other children around. Yes. And at the bottom of the list, there's a I, character yep. called Madison slash Matthew. And it says, the character Madison was changed to Matthew in the West End production. But as of spring 2018, the role of Matthew has been removed.
0: Yes. So.
1: Why do we need to remove a whole character? I don't
0: know. To be completely honest with you, because when we performed this show, we performed it in January 2018. Mm. To five star reviews, I'd like to add. Obviously, yeah. And I'm pretty certain that character was in it. I've actually been digging through my emails this week because I wanted to find...
1: The cast list? I didn't want to find
0: the cast list I wanted to find the script and I did I, I found the script I still have my copy my director's copy of the script awesome which is fantastic uh, I can't post it because it will have my work email address on because it's like wa- you know the, mm-hmm. the um, watermark and I'm just trying to dig it up now because I'd like to see if it does have the cast list
1: that's so interesting I just I think it's really weird and obviously I know nothing about it for
0: once yeah Uh, I don't know much about that one myself. Uh, I I know I'm supposed to be the expert here. I'm the one who's educating you on School of Rock. I I saw that note myself and thought, huh, that's very, very weird because I haven't seen this show professionally since November 2017. Mm. We were very lucky that we got to see it and take our cast to see it. Now, I'm not going to lie. I got terrified watching it because I was like, oh, no. I need to make some changes because this isn't quite working. Yeah, And seeing it was fantastic for me because I started to make that connection of what I needed to do. Let's talk about it. I directed this show. It was the first musical I've ever directed. Mm -hmm. So Andrew Lloyd Webber announced that in an attempt to increase the prominence of the arts within education, schools could get the rights to perform school of rock for free right great that's we started that fantastic the one caveat to it was that it had to be performed in 2017 so despite the fact that we started rehearsals in in july of 2017 yeah we performed it at the end of january in 2018 it was considered nope. you had to pay which is a shame I think it's a phenomenal scheme. You know, Andrew Lloyd Webber won a lot of brownie points from me as a drama teacher, talking about why the arts are important in school. And he and wanted the way to...
1: that school rights for using
0: shows works is Very tragic. expensive, yeah. So for me, I was like, okay, that's really, really cool. This guy has so much money. I've just remembered who Madison is.
1: Who's Madison?
0: You know that scene where Miss Mullins is telling off a child in the film and that child is scared and, and cries. cries. And she, she goes to give them a hug and she screams, I'll be good, them. I swear. That is Madison. Is that it? That is it. Maybe it's deemed as too much because it's too young a role or maybe the joke is just like, huh, that's maybe not Considering we're
1: not allowed to hug children.
0: Well, it's not necessarily the hugging of children. It's more the scaring of children.
1: Okay.
0: We Do you know
1: who this... played that part originally? Who? It was Shahadi Wright Joseph, who is young Nala in the movie of the Lion King, but also is the little girl in Us, which is a phenomenal horror movie. Nice. Um, and she is ridiculously talented. Yeah. So it's interesting that her character's now gone. Yeah. Surely, right. This is my other question. So Madison Matthew is a thing, right? They've just got if it's a, a played by a female child actor Madison male child actor Matthew, yep, surely that's true for the rest of them
0: so here's what's very, very interesting is the last time I saw this, the interval we got a little confused, yeah because Freddie the was drummer. the drummer yep was a male actor before the interval, and after the interval was a female actor, yeah. Still called Freddie. Fine. Fine. That Abs- one works. Um, Freddie's ab- gender neutral. But no, but they I, I, they tend to keep the names. I think what I liked about that was like, oh, cool. Once I knew that that was Freddie, cool, no issue. I like the idea that they just cast the right kids yeah, for the role. Same. And that's what I strive to do in directing this. And it was very, well, very and difficult. And I'm sure that they
1: have swing kids as yeah. well, because you would have to. Yeah.
0: We didn't have multiple kids. We just cast kids. Mm-hmm. We, in directing this, had a phenomenal group of children. Mm -hmm. And it was very, very difficult because each kid brought the right personality. These kids need definitive personalities for their stories to work and for Dewey's story to work. But we also had parent roles to play. And we also had Dewey's band to play. And at the end... (laughs) I know you're going to show At the end of the day... (laughs) We didn't have. Talk about your directoral decision for this, because I like this. We didn't have enough kids to play Dewey's band. And I thought, that's great, because I've got an idea.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's very self indulgent, but I've got an idea. <laughs> the whole premise to me of School of Rock is that Dewey gets on better with the kids than he does with adults. And I was looking at the cast, I was just thinking. In a school production, how is that going to come across?
1: But it's it's like a, he just gets how the kids think yeah. kind of thing.
0: How is that going to come across? Now, at the time, we had a year 10 boy playing uh, Dewey. Mm-hmm. So that is 14 to 15. Yep. And had younger years, some of the same year, playing the, the, the kids in the class. But a lot of younger kids playing that and we had kids for the other teacher characters but the one thing i thought was important is that dewey's band are adults Mm -hmm. because dewey's band kick him out because he's not right for them because
1: you wanted to play (laughs) so
0: i was the bassist i did not sing and then we had two other teachers Mm. play those roles and then you you replaced dewey with a a character called snake we found the littlest year seven boy to replace.
2: Awesome. Because
0: you get the fun little joke of him intimidating Bigger Dewey. Yeah. Especially because they are the villains of this piece. It's Dewey's yeah. band. Why not make it The Teachers? And I just love the idea. That the first thing you saw on stage was... And, and the, I, I I, personally feel that the reception mm-hmm. that we got on stage, the kids loved it because it's oh that's our teachers yeah. up on stage and it was funny to watch us being like, the the, the teacher I had to recruit to be the lead singer mm-hmm. I said to him, sleazy sex god rock and he's like you've nailed I'm me
3: in. Yeah. <laughs> now,
0: the final night we swapped roles I became the lead <laughs> he insisted did you because sing? I did sing but his mic was louder but... <laughs> and there's a great DVD where it's his voice coming out of my mouth we made the decision to swap because my my girlfriend at the time was in attendance that night.
1: <laughs> it wasn't me. Just no, it f-
0: wasn't nine. you. So I had a great time doing this. I think it's an absolutely amazing show. And there were things we changed that we'll talk about when you've seen it that I will talk about bits that we didn't do that. I did this. Mm-hmm. Because we also found ways to pay off the previous school shows we'd done. And reference them. Which for me was very cool. And for the kids was very cool. We had like full sequences where we referenced Narnia. Which was the show we did before School of Rock. It was very, very fun. Yeah. And it was a, a magical show. Because it felt relevant. It is. It's all about the struggle of art in school. We have our our students in the band. We have our students on the stage. It was fantastic. Now, the cast we're going to see are no strangers to School of Rock. So playing the role of Dewey is Jake Sharp. He performed as Dewey Finn, the alternate at the Gillian Lynn Theatre, who's also Mr Williams slash Stanley. Hannah has played Bill in Mamma Mia. Excellent. They have, they have done School of Rock. This is not a new thing. You have Rebecca Locke, who is playing Miss Mullins. She is on the... Uh, recording of Heather's as Miss Fleming and Veronica's mum. Yep. Guinevere in Pendragon,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but has also uh, done uh, amazing things on the West End, has been Miss Banks in Mary Poppins on the international tour, has been Mary Poppins at the Prince Edward, has been a uh, Jelly Lorum in Cats. Jelly Lorum. Jelly Lorum. Okay
1: oh my goodness
0: that was Kate's monster in Avenue Q it was Carlotta in the Phantom of the Opera oh cool so well,
1: basically she belongs to Andrew
0: Lloyd
1: Webber
0: right has done a lot of good stuff and you'll see why the Carlotta role is important for Miss Mullins
1: yeah
0: has not done School of Rock that I can see so far you've got Matthew Rowland as Ned who was understudy and played Dr. Pomata and Ogie in Waitress at the Adelphi Theatre. understudied and played Simeon in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at the London Palladium. Was Skimble Shanks, an understudy of the Rum Tum Target in the international tour. Was Mr. Wormwood in Matilda. Was the understudy and played Mr. Beauregard in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Again, very, very talented, but workshopped. Mm-hmm. Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella. Oh, interesting. So you have some very, very talented performers. Uh, you have Nadia Violet Johnson as Patty, and this is her professional debut.
1: Patty is the girlfriend.
0: Patty is the girlfriend. Cool. On top of that, you have an amazing cast of children making their debuts, one of which is a student we teach.
1: Yes. Who unfortunately... Not unfortunately in the one that we're going to see.
0: But has been incredibly excited and just makes my heart burst with pride when I see their name up here on mm-hmm. the cast list.
1: And a huge shout out to him because he is...
0: I've loved hearing his stories about School of Rock as well and one of the things I was talking about with him this week was what has it been like working with the actors and he has said how phenomenal it has been working with uh, Jake Sharp and Rebecca Locke and how nice they have been which looking at their CVs and you see how accomplished they are Mm -hmm. makes me feel really happy that these child actors are in a really supportive environment. Yeah. So I am very, very excited. Uh, To end on Jack Black's words before we go and watch this,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I laughed, I cried, I rocked.
2: That's cute.
0: I think you are going to laugh. I think you are going to cry. And I think you will believe this show rocks. I... I think this show is is amazing. I ha- one of my tattoos is because of School of Rock.
1: Do you think I'm going to think this is the best Andrew Lloyd Webber musical?
0: I don't think you will, simply because I know how much you love Cats.
1: And Phantom. And
0: Phantom. However, I think you are, as a teacher, I think this will hit closer to home than those shows do. Okay. I think will be more relatable, and I think you'll be moved by this. I don't
1: know what you're talking about. My plan for my life is just to introduce myself until I die and get to go to the heavy side layer.
0: I mean, yes, but <laughs> that's what you've done every week, hasn't yeah. it? That's basically this podcast.
1: <laughs> this whole podcast.
0: And I, Andrew, <laughs> and I'm kill true. me, please.
1: Heavy side layer, let's go. I
0: think I don't know if you'll think this will be the best Andrew Lloyd Webber, but I think you are going to like the music. I think you are going to love the story. I think you're gonna really enjoy how faithful it is to the film, but also adding new stuff to the film
2: mm-hmm.
0: i I love this show. I am so excited to get to share this with you yeah, I think it's gonna i'm I'm so pleased I get to share something I love with you for once. Yeah. No pressure, no pressure. It's time to go and stick it to the man. I can't wait. Uh, We will be back shortly after intermission. To memorize your lies, I feel like I've been hypnotized. And then the magic man he came to town. ee He done spun my head around. Said possessors in session, two and two make five. And now oh baby oh I'm alive. Oh yeah, I'm alive. And if you wanna be the teacher's pet. Battle forgets rock and the no reason, rock and the ride. You better get me to school on time. Oh, yeah! And we are back. Yep. From the uh, new Victoria Theatre again in Woking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we have had a rock-tacular time. Absolutely. I certainly have. We had great seats.
1: Yeah, we really did. I literally, I said this when we were in the theatre, but I was directly behind the conductor. I said, "Oh, I could just lean over and give him a little kiss on the head."
0: <laughs> we He's were doing a very good job. Absolute front and centre. We had the most magnificent view of all the action, and just had a phenomenal evening. And quite a few people were there that I know from work. It was quite fun as well.
1: Yeah, that was fun.
0: A few people who didn't actually say hello to us in the end, but caught me, you know, the next day at work or your know, next working day. So, yeah, how did you ex- get...
1: explain with the questions that you were asked?
0: Well, first of all, <laughs> I was asked, how did we get such good seats? And I just said, I was determined to book as early as possible because it's School of Rock.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> but uh, one of the people I work with,
2: mm-hmm. I say
0: we work with, asked me who the woman I was talking to was. And I said, You mean Drew? She said, no, no, Drew was talking to someone else. Who were you talking to? I was like, oh, okay. Um, Oh, just this other teacher who was there to support one of her old students who was playing Tamika that night. Yeah,
1: not somebody we knew. Danny just gets talking to, like, everyone around us
2: wherever we go.
0: And then she's like, oh, I bet Drew must have been jealous. I was like, well, uh, Drew was talking to her brother and his, his girlfriend. So, no, she probably wasn't jealous and she could hear everything I was saying. But, yeah.
1: yeah, I love the idea that people think that like you would be flirting with somebody else
0: right in front of you, right. or just the fact that I would be flirting with somebody else, right? I have no skills at that. How I managed to bag you, I will never know.
1: You didn't. I did the bagging.
0: So, but I was also talking about how the school that we work at had done School of Rock that I directed it, and talking about like, oh, just you wait, second act. Tamika's going to rock the stage. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about our experience of the show because I believe that they were a music teacher. So, yeah,
1: yeah,
3: it was
0: very, very cool. What was your initial thought when we walked in, other than being wowed by our seats?
1: Our seats were amazing. I could see straight down into the uh, orchestra pit and my immediate was like, oh, the members of the band in the orchestra pit are all wearing band t-shirts which is from very, different very bands, cool, yeah. which was really cool. And it's all bands that are mentioned during the show.
0: Yeah. So you've got like Nirvana, Pink Floyd. Mm-hmm. I think somebody was in a Bowie t-shirt. Yeah. all All recording artists that, A, I think fit the vibe of this show, mm-hmm. but also are referenced at some point. Yeah. We had, certainly during the interval, I don't know if it was so much as we were going in, but the playlist and the soundtrack at, at Woking Theatre, I don't know if you picked up on it, but it was like you were at a concert where you were hearing rock songs playing.
1: Oh, you said when you went to the bathroom, it was playing in the bathroom.
0: Yeah, and it was it was rock songs. And I thought that was incredibly cool. That was a touch that I had when we did it at the school. Is I, I put together a rock playlist. like Obviously not like metal metal because we're a school and also without language because we're a school. But... Enough to give that vibe that as you went in, you were going into a rock show. Yeah. And I think that was a really nice touch, you know, in terms of the outside of the stage experience. What did you think of the set dressing?
1: I liked it. I liked how plain it was. I liked that it was set up like you were waiting for a band to come on stage. I think that's a very, very very cool cool touch. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, we start with no vacancy. Yep. We start at the Roadhouse and we see a concert. And that's one of the biggest appeals for me of this show.
1: Oh, I didn't realise they were supposed to be actually performing. Yeah. I thought they were rehearsing. No,
0: they are performing Two people.
1: Oh. Is that what happens in the stage show? Yes. Oh, he like crowd or he cr- tries to. Tries concert. to and he
0: flops. Yeah. But that's how it is. They're at a little like dive bar and you have no vacancy on stage performing mm-hmm. very much all of them and i think this is a great thing with the costume is they're all in a mismatch of styles no vacancy fit but dewey is just wearing whatever he wants
1: yeah he was wearing like trackies and a t-shirt and yes yeah, ham and egg uh
0: t-shirt with the skull as as the egg and the crossbones as the bacon That's yeah. what dewey wears like mm-hmm. at every show i've seen him do he has that t-shirt i think it's very cool but i really like that i think immediately you know he doesn't belong because everyone else is dressed like these smarmy rockers. Yeah. And I think it's a great way to start the show because it is, they're performing to us. It's not like musicals where, like, this is a uh, diegetic sound as opposed to non-diegetic sound. This exists within the world. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, so I have the, the plot synopsis in front of me so that I can remember as we go through. But it says on here, Dewey repeatedly attempts to upstage the lead singer. Yep. Yeah i didn't read it as that i just like he's just into it in a completely different way that they are like he's completely gone like he's it's got nothing to do with him trying to upstage what's the lead singer called theo theo he's just like completely obsessed and enveloped in the the music music but he's playing. No. Whereas the other ones are like really feeling themselves.
0: But I think the difference is if you look at the style of how they're performing it, Dewey brings much more energy and is deliberately trying to crash like the set pieces that they're bringing together. So, like when they're back to back, Dewey tries to join it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And you can very much tell that there's a discomfort, like he's hogging. He's trying to get the spotlight on him. And yeah. because he's the guitar player, he's not the lead singer, he's backup vocals. He's he's trying to steal focus. Mm -hmm. Jeff Blim would be amazing in School of Rock. Like I could see him rocking that Dewey role. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, stealing thunder in scenes.
1: (laughs) Whatever that means.
0: So before we recorded, I showed you an alternate version of I'm Too Hot For You, Mm -hmm. which I think is a great song. Like it's so inconsequential. And at the end of the soundtrack on Spotify, because like you don't get the full song, but it is really about these horrible smarmy rock stars like i'm too hot for you thought you'd pass the test but you're a six at best now go and lose some weight you know they are disgusting characters and it's this kind of like oh we're too hot for you yeah which i don't think dewey fits in with but i showed you an alternate version yes you did uh care care to share your thoughts in which
1: my rock star fiance is playing you were theo i was theo it was very good
0: did I look like a smarmy, disgusting rock star? Yes, you did. Yes, the role I was born to play.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I, I had a great time. Like I was quite happy initially just going out and doing the bass and just being like, you know, only, you can't see. I'm, I'm, I'm acting. We're a podcast. We're a podcast. <laughs> but I just had a great time going out and being this, like, completely self-obsessed bassist. But It was even more fun to go and just be, like, shaking my hips on stage.
2: Yeah.
0: So we get I'm Too Hot For You and dewey hogs the limelight and is kicked out of the band yeah i don't think dewey is aware of that at this point he is too lost in the moment that
1: was the difference between the version you showed me is that they're talking about it while he's on stage but in the stage show he's left already by the time they have that conversation yeah so he doesn't know he's been kicked out.
0: No, and this is it. They they walk off the stage going, that's it, he's out the band. He ruins everything, as he's just like, Yeah, thank you, Plaukeepsy. Yeah, Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Dewey retreats into his bed. Mm-hmm. And I love the way the set comes forward for this. And I love the dressing of Dewey's room. You've got a ghost face mask on there. You've got all these With headphones on. Yeah, yeah. You've got all these different posters of these different rock stars. You can see Maggot Death.
1: Yeah, and I love his um, Star Wars bed sheets.
0: Yep, his Star Wars bed sheets. He's such a dork, and I think just the setting of this room is great. It tells you immediately what he's about, and he is under the duvet asleep. Mm-hmm. And we meet Ned Schneebly. Yep, and Patty.
1: Patty DeMarco. I really liked this actress. I thought she was fantastic. She
0: was phenomenal. She
1: was really, really funny. Everything she said. Because one of my issues with the film of School of Rock is that I feel like Patty is treated really badly. Oh, yeah. And I know it's like a... Controversially, maybe. I know it's a guy's film. And so the shrill girlfriend who wants to kill all their fun obviously isn't going to get much but in this one you kind of get where she's coming from yeah
0: like, yeah i feel like she gets a wee bit more depth she, she's still very much the villain
1: yeah well and also i i never realized with the film but she lives there yeah it's not like she's coming over to visit her boyfriend she lives there so yeah she has every right to be like hey we both pay rent you should be paying rent yeah
0: you still obviously have the element of she's here to stop all the fun because she's very much pushing Ned to be what she wants Ned to be
2: yeah
0: and trying to stop him from having anything of his old life
1: but I don't think she's doing that on purpose I think it's a like this is who he is now she's only known him as this so
0: yeah and there's also an element of but we're going to be grown-ups now yeah which is you can kind of understand it from the responsible adult thing it's like look rock hasn't paid the rent Mm -hmm. you are a great substitute teacher maybe someday you will be a fully qualified teacher but that you do get the sense of ned would do a bit of both if he had the opportunity to
1: like we see in the film
0: and you also feel like there's a a kind of emotional blackmail there that he's more into her than she is to him and that she kind of
1: Oh, she knows she could do better, and she's like the settler in this relationship. Exactly, yeah. and he
0: knows he's reaching, but she'll she'll show him a little bit of a of emotion and interaction, just enough to keep him there. It's quite a negative relationship, and I
1: yeah, they don't have a good relationship. I do always wish they break up at the end.
0: However, I do quite like what happens at the end in this version, which we'll get to when we get there.
1: Okay,
0: because we don't it, it adds something I think the film doesn't add. I don't agree. No, that's this fair. is like
1: but my one negative about this show is the treatment of Patty and, and Ned's relationship. Yeah.
0: Well, Nadia Violet Johnson made her professional debut as Patty as we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I think she did a phenomenal job.
1: Yeah, I think she was great. I wish her song was in this.
0: Same. Same. I it's... don't
1: understand and you probably know why, but I don't get I don't why this why. was cut.
0: Yeah. But it... And
1: I feel like actually no, I know why it was cut. Because there probably is a time limit, and they probably looked at the songs and were like, Oh no, but we really want Variation 7.
0: Well, her song doesn't come here. No, I know. I like what they do. I guess we'll talk about it when we get there. Yeah. But I love I mean, Give this Up This is dreams. where I
1: would put that song.
0: No, I wouldn't.
1: I mean, you know where it comes. Yeah. But...
0: I don't think it works here. I like this. They have their brief bit of an encounter. I love that they wake him up and he's like, You woke me up to pay rent. Ugh. And they talk about it. He's in the
1: wrong musical. He's yeah.
0: <laughs> rent, 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 rent. <laughs> he's not gonna pay rent. I love the bit where, where Patty's like, Sell some of your guitars to make some money, and he goes, Would you ask Picasso to sell? one of his guitars
1: oh my god he's an idiot yeah
0: i do like this bit and you 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 immediately get the dynamic of the, the flat that ned is in the middle mm-hmm. he is stuck between his girlfriend his line is i might never get another girlfriend and one of his oldest friends
1: now <laughs> here's my thing ned's in love with dewey
0: Certainly and way, I think
1: this in the film, too. He's very queer coded as a character. The
0: way this one was played.
1: The way he's played in the film as yeah, well. Yeah, but there's, I mean, there's, some, less than this, there's but... some
0: really nice gay moments in this one where you just kind of wish that Ned would be like, are we doing this, Dewey?
1: Yeah, he's in love with, with Dewey. Yeah, I'm not saying he's gay. He could be bi or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Like, he's not straight. No.
0: But... I do like this little bit and obviously Patty storms off and Ned's like, she's got a point, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and Dewey's like, why, why not go back to our old days? We could be Mag Death again.
1: I hate that name.
0: Yeah, but it's supposed to sound like a bad death metal band and you get plenty of them. Yeah. You know, uh, I won't list their names because I know way too many and I could spend too long doing it, but... I think it works for the vibe it's going for. It says a lot about their band that they are never going to strike it big as Maggot death. Mm -hmm. And you see them in their goth metal uh, makeup, which doesn't fit Dewey's vibe either. Like, Dewey just wants... Yeah, he
1: seems a bit more classic rock.
0: Yeah, Dewey just wants to be a a musician. Like, Dewey's love is music. Mm -hmm. Ned says no. He says, come on, figure it out.
1: Here's my question. How has Dewey not thought of being like a music tutor before now?
0: Because that's he—he's he, selling
1: out or whatever. I guess. What
0: it is is it's the whole "those who can do, those who can't teach" mentality. And Dewey has, because because Dewey mocks Ned for being a substitute. And you've also got to remember that there's a lot of education that goes into becoming a teacher. And
1: no, I mean a tutor.
0: I, I, no, and I get that, but for Dewey. I don't think he sees that I think he sees that as selling out mm. he doesn't he doesn't want to lose his freedom to be an artist, yeah, like he can only cope with hearing kids play Mary had a little lamb so much before he just gives up on his music. Mm. I reckon Dewey would be self taught as well. I don't think he had music tuition growing up. I think he's self taught yeah. We go into uh, When I climb to the Top of Mountain Rock. Yes. And this is Dewey's I Want Song.
1: Oh, yeah, I guess.
0: I think it's a great I Want Song. I love how delusional he comes across in this. But I think as well that Jake Sharp's performance as Dewey here is fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah. Jake Sharp is amazing. And he just gave so much energy to this. And from, so I said when we did the preamble that when uh, Alex Brightman was in this on Broadway, I watched all of his behind the scenes, yeah. uh, you're in the band series, which is still on YouTube and is still amazing.
0: It's so worth checking out. Yeah.
1: But one of the things that he mentions in that is that you have to maintain a certain physique for Dewey, Dewey because he always looks the way that he does. Yeah. He always looks like Jack Black, essentially. Yeah but that you lose so much weight in doing this performance because it's ridiculously energetic yeah. and ridiculously and there's like a, running around As jumping. much
0: I love the whole idea that we are seeing a larger individual on stage, which you don't get a lot of. I don't think it needs to matter if Dewey is a bigger character or not. I think you could cast someone thinner for Dewey if it was necessary. But it is very, very cool. I don't like some of the jokes at the expense of Dewey being like larger, but... I just love, like, you miss this with the soundtrack version because it plays straight through, but I really like the little interludes as well. So we see Dewey getting kicked out of No Vacancy. We meet Snake, who's got that really, like, OTT double fretboard guitar.
1: Do people even play those?
0: Oh, I don't know. Like,
1: is there a way to play those?
0: Possibly, or do you
1: just have to jump between?
0: I guess you, you can have each one tuned differently. So if you needed to jump from very high pitch to low pitch,
1: I guess. But I don't. I know. don't know if you're somebody that plays the double-barreled bass. Let us know.
0: Yeah, please do. Then we see Dewey trying to hand out flyers, and we get the two little like hipster girls, just like Dewey Finn. What a loser! And throw. In a way, mm-hmm. then he gets fired from his job at the record store. Yeah. I like the way he's like, I use air quotation marks to say rock store, but I'm holding crates.
1: Does that happen in the film?
0: No. Because just... I was
1: going to say, he definitely didn't
0: have a job in the film. No, they're just trying to show how down and out he is at this point.
1: Yeah, because it feels much more. Um... Like the stakes are higher for yeah. him to say yes in a minute to this job because he literally has no money. He now doesn't have a job or the thing that was going to win him this big money. Yeah. Which, you know, $20,000 split between
0: four people isn't great. No. Well, it would only be three people, wouldn't it? Oh, no, you're right. Between They're him and no vacancy. Them, yeah, no, yeah. I thought you meant as rent. But yeah, that's it's only five grand. That's not going to actually change his life.
1: No it's not as much as he thinks it is However, and i mean $5000 yes please but
0: i think he is seeing batter the band more as an opportunity to get signed a networking thing yeah, yeah cuz like that's what he's talking about with mount rock that you know people will flock in their big black cars all the record execs and the girls from pr they'll come and sign him Mm-hmm. And I love that as he goes through this string of bad luck, the song gets more rejected, you know, like the doubters and the haters and the hipsters, let them laugh.
1: Yeah.
0: Sooner I'll be begging. He is a hipster. I don't think he's a hipster. I don't think he's a hipster. Not in the same way. Don't Alex Brightman hear that? <laughs> Dirty hipster vape. Like, I don't think Dewey's a hipster. No. No, because he was doing this, before it became cool and fashionable to do this.
1: We like out of print games, retro skates, got a Pac-Man tattoo. Yeah,
0: they're hipsters because they're latching onto everything. And there's nothing wrong with being a hipster. (laughs) But I think because Dewey's old enough that he lived and grew up with these rock stars. Sure. And I love it at the end where he's like, you know, Odin and Zeus on the bass and the drums and Thor playing tambourine. And I love, oh, this bit made me laugh. So we have Elvis and Janice, and Kurt will appear. Mm-hmm. And he does like his hair slick back for Elvis, and he does the rock hands for Kurt Cobain. And he says, And Jesus will toss me a bit. And he stands
2: in the
1: T the pose. In the yeah. T pose.
0: It was very, very cool. I love the nice bit we have. So he puts his guitar down, he opens the case up and it shines like the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, this is a great I Want song. You know everything you need to know about this character. You know that he's resilient in the face of adversity but you also know his mind is fixed on one thing. Yeah. Rock.
1: He gets home. Yes. And gets the phone call from Miss Mullins who's played
0: very, very fantastically by Rebecca Locke.
1: Yeah, she was absolutely fantastic. I loved her in this.
0: Yeah, and we talked about her CV beforehand, but you can see why she's so accomplished and is on a few recordings. Yeah, her voice is amazing. I think this bit plays very similar to the film. You get the nice weird like jingle jangle of the the wires as he tries to pretend that Ned is over there and they're handing and makes overly big fuss of handing the phone over to make it sound more believable and his
1: impression of uh ned's voice is good and everything like trying to (laughs) be like oh yeah it's definitely not the same person we
0: had the gross bit so just as she was about to ring he's not going to answer the phone which is a skull phone by the way and very very cool set dressing because it suits him it's like a hamburger He yeah. sat there his big belly out on display and he's just rummaging through his oh, belly button and he's like grim. sniffing and all that I'm disgusting he
1: considers putting it in his mouth and it's like oh but
0: it's a great thing to show where he is and where he's going you know he's still in his like tracky bottoms at this point yeah. You know, he is a loser. It's not like he's he's this super, like, talented, charismatic guy that just hasn't got his big break yet. He is a loser. I like that. And, yeah, we meet Miss Mullins. He agrees, as Ned, to take the job.
1: For $900 a week. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: Subs get paid more. Yeah,
1: professional subs, yeah. Yeah,
0: because people desperately need them.
1: hmm Especially private schools.
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, Horace Green is the school.
1: Yeah, which is really funny because um, Ned, as Ned, has we'd learn later he sent his CV into them to be one of their, like, on-call subs. Yes. And they never got back to him.
0: Until this point.
1: Until this point. So he obviously isn't their first choice.
0: No. Well, they, they must have got back, gone through a few people. Yeah. So... I know that best film ever. Their latest roundtable they're doing is going to be on mistaken identity films. I think School of Rock has to rank up there as a the mistake.
1: Christmas Prince, <laughs> the best mistaken identity but, film. Shout out to BFE if you're listening, please do the Christmas Prince because I love that movie. Don't
0: think that will ever qualify as the best film ever.
1: It's so good. <laughs> not with their criteria.
0: Not with their criteria. It would well, never ever one's count. What do you mean what other ones are there?
1: Mistaken identity. Problems. Oh
0: well, so what they do at their round tables to promote a show I love is they, they talk about they each offer like their top five, top ten best uh within a within a genre. So there's sports movies for instance.
1: And school movies. And
0: school movies. And then They'll...
1: By the way, X Men is a school movie. I we never... had a whole debate about this. Yeah,
0: I never actually cr- contributed to them on that one. I ran out of time because of us going back to school. But this one is mistaken identity, and I asked, so would a show like Freaky Friday count? Because no, it's not actually mistaken identity. It's swapped bodies, but so it's Masters of Disguise is the theme. Now, I would, I would say. School of Rock is a Masters of Disguise because he is pretending quite successfully through most of this film to be Ned Schneebly.
1: So they want more like Viva Vendetta. Than...
0: No, no comic book movies, they've said. But Parent Trap would count.
1: Parent Trap?
0: Yeah, because mistaken identity. Oh, they're
1: pretending speech. Yeah. They right? Okay. So
0: I think, and I will say that School of Rock is probably my number one and we will be thinking about adding to that. But if you have some great mistaken identity uh, films tweet best film ever with your masters of disguise and use the hashtag bfe top five
1: i can't think of any aladdin princess and swan
0: yeah it's easy when you think about it Mm -hmm. i guess you like a lot of do you know what you could argue though the christmas prince is because she pretends to be
1: she doesn't even pretend they're like oh you must be the new american tutor for the princess and she's like I guess so. <laughs>
0: and what's the one, the, the, the Princess Switch or the Christmas switch? switch? yeah. That would probably count as well. God. We're going
1: to watch so many great movies Yeah, follow yet. Best
0: Film Ever on Twitter and get involved in their hashtag BFE Top 5. Mm-hmm. So, Ned has agreed to do the job. He is now Ned Schneebly, no longer Dewey Finn, and that's very, very important because people will now call him Mr. Schneebly, Mr. Mm-hmm. S. And one of the the great things is seeing him struggle to remember that. We're going to Horace Green, Alma Mater. Yep. What did you think of this? Horace
1: Green. This is great. This is where I start being more into this. Rock is not my genre. If you follow me on my art Instagram, I had a little series going where I had a little band called Ferocious Rock, who were like a bunch of possums and foxes and things who had a rock band. And I don't know any rock songs, so you so relied to me. I was completely reliant on Danny to be like, "Hey, what song should I put on, on this video today with these little this little possum rock band?" And it was
0: quite regularly like Fall Out Boy, Paramore, or yeah. my favorite, Mike McCready, Romance. Which I had a couple some people which are listening, are listening probably... going like, "That's not rock. That that's not rock." Is it not? <laughs> to me, it is. But rock is a difficult one to define because yeah. like, do you count metal? Do you count? like other forms of rock you know what do you do did you just drop your engagement ring <laughs> I'm really sorry I'm sorry I love you. right so sorry. <laughs> you like this song i could see you got into this one this is a yeah
1: so my point was this is the part at which i'm like yay musical theater i'm back <laughs> yeah because i i really liked i'm too hot for you mm-hmm. but it's like a rock a set song dresser yeah and When I climb to the top of Mount Rock, I have a lot of feelings about, and I'll talk to it when we get to the songs at the end, but that one doesn't hit home for me, not because it's a bad song, but because of the emotions it presents about Dewey as a character, which is not the kind of character that I like, and the fact that he goes on this journey and makes me like him is what's great about this show. Yeah. So now that we're into, but that the... is
0: important. You're not supposed to necessarily like who he is because he's oh, arrogant. Definitely. He thinks he's better than he is. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you wholeheartedly.
1: So now that we're into the the true musical theater stuff, I am on board. So yeah. this was really key. The horror screen, Alma mater. I love that the kids come in and sing, and we're introduced to all of the different families. But I particularly love that while this is happening. Miss Mullins is singing, like, the soprano version of it, which is hilarious.
0: So I really like that. As we get the do-do-do-do-do intro bit, you have all these different kids come on. We meet our three key kids, I'd say. And we meet Zach, and we see that the issue that Zach's dad is like, hey, try to walk like you're going somewhere, and tuck your shirt in.
1: But actually isn't paying any attention to him at all, other than that. We meet
0: Summer, who is so definite, and tells mum what to do. Your car's in a no parking zone. I'll do the asking. And we meet Mr. and Mr. Spencer Williams. Who are Tamika's parents.
1: Yes. I'm holding her lunch. Christ, Kevin. I'm holding her lunch. <laughs> the panic of the first day of school. That for Tamika is the first day of school. but I don't think it is her first else. day.
0: It is. No, it isn't. Because she's been off. Miss Mullins is asking if she's feeling better. They know who Tamika is. She's been coming to the school for a while. She's just been off. And it wasn't. What do they say? It wasn't allergies, it was a cold. She's been off a couple of days. But they know who she is, it's not her first day at school.
1: Oh, but this is a new school for her.
0: Yeah, she's in a new school, but she's been there a while.
1: Yeah, well she doesn't like it. So. Yes, because
0: her parents, and, and this is great, is that we start to really see the disconnect between the kids and the parents. Mm-hmm. Because they have uh, probably signed up to all the parenting websites, parenting vlogs, and they're like... We need to take our daughter to Horace Green if she's going to make anything of herself. Mm-hmm. And completely like, disregarded what their daughter wants.
1: Hmm. Well, I was watching, I'm currently binge watching all of Castle, and I do like one episode a night. I'm going to finish it at some point. But they even say in that there's like a episode, whole episode centered around a murder of the admissions officer of a prep school yeah. and it's like oh who killed her well here's a list of parents who got rejected this year <laughs>
3: yeah. and
1: it's like a private primary school essentially like kindergarten but it's like oh if your kid doesn't go to that school the right kindergarten then they won't get into the right nursery and then they won't get into the right middle yeah. school so it... they won't get to the right high school so they'll never go to college
0: yeah
1: and um, which is crazy yeah. to think about but
0: but You see it in a lot of different shows as well with American shows that they're thinking about, like, if you want your child to be in a school, you have to sign them up when you are trying for a child. In some cases, just to even stand a chance.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, I like this as a number, obviously. And this is something that from my experience of directing it, bar me and two other teachers who were no vacancy, the whole cast were students. And this is a song that is quite difficult to do. We had a phenomenal young lady playing Miss Mullins. Mm-hmm. Her voice was great. Obviously, Miss Mullins is written with a certain voice in mind. And I think you've got to bear in mind that as a child cast, you know, with, with students, there's very few adult parts in this play. They're not written to be performed by kids. Yes, uh, I love this though. I think it, it speaks volumes about Miss Mullins and about the order, the way they all come in, uh, marching in step. The, the the way everyone comes in, you can see the organisation going into it, that it, it juxtaposes the chaos of Dewey's life mm. with the order and control of Miss Mullins' life. And I think it's a really good introduction to this world. Yes. And now, yeah.
1: the thing with the way Miss Mullins is written <laughs> is that Miss Mullins is written to be...
0: Do you mean Jessie from uh, Toy Story?
1: She voices Jessie in Toy Story? Yeah. No, I mean Sierra Burgess.
0: Oh yeah, so she's written to so be Sierra Burgess.
1: So she's written to be Sierra Burgess because at the time that this musical was staged, that was Andrew Lloyd Webber's number one leading lady. Yeah. She's not anymore.
0: But this is, is... It's
1: own whole barrel of worms, but...
0: this is...
2: of worms? Yeah. Killer of worms. worms. whatever. whatever.
0: <laughs> this is where we start to see the first real deviation as well to the film is the character of Miss Mullins because she's just there in the film. She's like the secondary foil that mm-hmm. Dewey's got to overcome some of her roles, but she never gets the closure that she needs.
1: Yes, whereas in this she's
0: got a life of her own and
1: Yeah, she's a full character and it's
2: great. And
0: one of the things that we see, and this sows the seeds really well, is that music is important to her. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that later on because she doesn't teach music in the film.
1: No, she doesn't. They have a music teacher. They have a music
0: teacher. So uh, this is a really good song. The song ends. She tells the kids, you're going to have a brand new teacher today because uh, Mrs Dunham has broken her leg. So off you go. Remember, you're representing Morris Green. Mm -hmm. Off you go. And then we get like a slight passage of time and you just see her pacing with Miss Sheinkopf.
1: Yeah, because he's super late. He was supposed to be there at like 8.40 in the morning or... If you are anybody who works in a school, you know that when they say eight forty, they mean eight.
0: Yeah, maybe <laughs> just a little bit be before on some days, but and he rocks up about eleven.
1: Yeah, it's like just before break.
0: The first thing she says to him is deliveries are out back. Yeah, he's changed. He's now got a sweater vest, yeah. cute yeah. shirt. I have the sweater vest? And, yeah, vest. I want. I really want to steal his look. He's still
1: I... got the trainers on at this point, but he gains different shoes yeah. by the end of
0: it. But he still looks nice. very casual, a little bit messy. Mm-hmm. She tries to greet him with a handshake and he goes for a fist bump. They are two into worlds. Turns kind of a
2: hug. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's very, yeah. It's like that that kind of like...
1: Body bump thing. Body yeah. bump
0: thing. And we establish that he wants to get paid up front in cash. That's not something they do, but he wants all the checks made out to Dewey for tax purposes.
1: Yes. And she says, well, you can take that up with admissions.
0: Yep. And he asks, you know, if he can cut out kind of early today because he's a little bit hungover. And
1: she's like, no. So, so we then we go into...
0: Uh... Here, at Horace Green, which is, I really like the opening to this song. I, I mean, this might be a very niche reference. I don't know how many people will understand the reference itself. For me, whenever I hear this play,
2: yeah.
0: I think of Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker. I feel that the opening music feels like songs you'd find on the islands that you visit yeah i love this song i think it's a really good way to uh to showcase her more of the rules but i also really love the traveling and the way like the boards shift to become corridors and they slide along the stage oh it's
1: so clever because they're obviously set into a track on the stage but they also all clip together when yeah. they hit each other because there was one part with the the two walls where they they spun in opposite directions yeah. and then were supposed to clip together at the end and one of them needed to be spun yeah. one more time it just made me laugh it i is, love stuff
0: like that but what's great is you can have the two walls with a gap in the middle the two walls together the two to the right of the stage the two walls to the left of the stage but then you can also wheel them out to create a corridor you travel up yes and we also see you know the corridors so you see some of the teachers who are talking suddenly go all upright when when Miss Mullins approaches mm-hmm. you see children running to use the toilet but they walk when she approaches you get the sense of her being feared and intimidating which I think is a really nice feature like in this song they cover so much and she talks all about the prestige at Horace Green
1: And I like that the other teachers, as they go past her, avoid contact as well. Like, one of the teachers turns and walks the complete opposite direction as soon as he sees her. Little things with the other teachers I really enjoyed throughout the show. Yeah. Because they were all so interesting as their own characters, and they all had a lot of characterization. Yeah. So, like, the science teacher...
2: Gabe.
1: Actively Gabe. He like actively avoids Miss Mullins. He never wants to get in contact with her. Yeah. But the other teachers bully him a little bit.
0: Well, Gabe also plays uh, Jeff. Yeah. And, and th- what I like is that all the adults, with the exception of Dewey, Ned and Patty and Rosalie, all multi-role. Mm-hmm. They all play different characters. And I think that's very, very cool because they'll play some of the parents. They'll also play No Vacancy, mm-hmm. which is nice. I like this song. It's it's a great song. You know, some of the things where she's like, all the alums will hunt us down. Like, she knows that they are very accountable to people. And that's what she's, she's very much aware of, is that you have to do your job. Because especially at this school, the parents and the alumni of this school mm. will not tolerate second best.
1: But it's because they have money invested in the school. But
0: it's great, because it also shows already the pressure that she is under. Mm. these first two songs of hers do so much to demonstrate her character yeah they really it's great do. i love it as it ends so she takes dewey into the class and the children are just staring at him and he's all like why are they not blinking he waves in one of their faces and he's like oh my god the children of the corn yeah and as she leaves she gives him a little warning and then he goes
2: right then that's all good luck have fun
0: good luck have fun shut the door and then silence as dewey's just like what yep. are we doing? We've had that great moment where he can't spell Mr. Schneebly. You yeah. guys write Mr. Finn, and she's like, That's a very weird looking F. And he's like, Oh no, well, this chalk is possessed <sighs> into a kid's face. And I'm just it's like to it's a what? summer,
1: and she just sits there like, Okay.
0: Yeah. And we, we get nice things that establish how gross he is. Like, he doesn't belong. He spits on his hand to wipe out the chalkboard. I and all the kids sp- are like, He can't spell Schneebly, but it's far more endearing than when Ted can't spell Professor. Yes. He's like, you can just call me Mr. S. Yeah, the kids are like androids. And I love that each nickname given is always really unique. Mm-hmm. So Hermione Granger is pretty standard for summer because that's what sort of character she is. Yes. But I love that you have different nicknames depending on where you're at or depending on, like, the location I love that he called one of the kids, yo, Specsavers, because even though they are an American cast, they know that they're playing in England. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great. I don't think Specsavers exists o- over in America. Correct me if I'm wrong, American listeners. I feel
1: like it's in English, though. But it does
0: feel very English. But I, or maybe I, I,
1: it has a different name, like possibly, target.
0: Possibly, yeah. Because Specsavers, for those of you not in the know over here, is a uh, optician. Optometrist, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I love that? it that
0: each kid, and I wish I was writing down all the nicknames as he went. But I thought, well, that I was know great. that at
1: some point when he talks to Freddie for the first time, he calls her Freddie Mercury, yep. which is hilarious. That was
0: great, yeah. Uh, and says, "Here's the money. Go buy me a turkey sub." And someone's like, "You can't leave the school premises." Not allowed
1: to leave school. He's like,
0: fine whatever and i love again so great he, introduction his summer. whole commentary
1: on this like being a prison for children
0: yeah and summer tells him a little bit about their daily schedule i love the bit where she she showcases their their star church because all the gold stars
1: i love that she has a full set of gold stars but freddie yeah. has one oh yeah
0: it's great and and i love the bit where he takes off and he rips it Mm-hmm. When we did it, our our because he was he was very into the role. He kept like adding bits. He was just like, "Look, children, snow," <laughs> and he just gets Summer being like, "No, <laughs> no, what have you done?" And I love that. So he ends the sequence. He's like, "Gone over the rules." Oh, he has that bit where he's like, has anyone got any real food?" He's and and uh, is it Lawrence gives him a granola bar? He's like, Ugh, "No, I think so." Food. That's
1: because he's like he has a nut allergy and a gluten allergy and a yeah. A, Sugar allergy. He's
0: like, I will level with you guys. I am hungover. Do you know what that means? It means you're an alcoholic. No, it means, you know. It means you're
1: drunk. No, it means I was drunk yesterday. Yeah.
0: And he says at the end of it, whilst I am your teacher, there will be no class, no learning and absolutely no achievements. Yep. And
1: Summer says, my favourite line, my parents do not pay $50,000 a year for recess. Yeah. And she's right.
0: Yeah. So we leave the classroom in chaos. We cut back to the apartment and Patty is doing yoga.
1: Yeah, this is real weird.
0: I like this joke because I love like Ned walking forward. And obviously Ned is not getting as much physical contact as Ned wants from his girlfriend. Yeah. He seems quite starved for attention. So Ned comes in. She is in a downward dog position. Ned's like, ooh. <laughs> Our yeah. Ned said, I didn't know it was my birthday. <laughs> it's the worst yeah
1: that is what he says. yeah oh. yeah
0: i love that i thought that was fantastic and she's like oh neddy bear and he's like well i'm just gonna sit and uh, grade turn papers instead of yeah, go for a yeah she says
1: do you want to go for a jog and he's like no <laughs> i'm gonna grade some papers that's fine and he mm. le- she leaves
0: Which, yeah but very impressed because oh my neddy bear doing the most important job of all
1: mm. so she leaves And And then he immediately shouts her name a couple of times to make sure she's really gone and then gets his Guitar Hero game out.
0: Right. So I love the Guitar Hero reference. I criticise it in Smurfs Mm. because like that film, obviously the animation takes ages. They they designed that joke when Guitar Hero was at its peak.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's trying to be cool. Here it works because they're not supposed to be cool. And like they are just living these dreams as like wannabe rock stars. Yeah, I I know you don't necessarily like Variation Seven, but I love this as a sequence. How did you find it in person?
1: Kind of exactly the same as I thought I was going to.
0: Yeah,
1: Variation Seven is from a different so- a different show. Yes, there are a couple of moments in this that are music from other Andrew Lloyd Webber uh, repertoire, rather. Yeah, and. I think it's fine. I think it just went on for too long for me.
0: Yeah, and that, that's fair. One of the things I really, really like about this sequence is that if you listen to the music, especially when Dewey comes in, you can hear the uh, clanking out of like the the classic guitar hero where they they're miss. Like, yeah, because they're missing the things. Yeah, like, and I, I really like that. I think that's some nice attention to detail.
1: I think as video game moments in musicals go, this is not as nice as um, Be More Chill.
0: I really like it. I think, I actually think because this came before Be More Chill, a lot of Be More Chill for me feels like this moment, especially with the jumping back and forth and swapping places, I feel like that comes because whoever directed that sequence saw School of Rock. Mm.
2: Uh,
0: That's me personally. I really like this sequence. I think it's a lot of fun. I like, you know, the camaraderie it builds between Dewey and Ned. Because this is, we've seen Ned be in the middle. Now we've seen Ned firmly team Dewey. And we're seeing the Ned that Dewey remembers and wants back. I think this is a really important bonding moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just something I really like about this. I completely understand. This is the thing: is as a song, I don't think it lends itself to listening to it, and it's a shame that it's attached to Children of Rock because it means that we're inclined to maybe skip Children of Rock because this bit goes long, and it is like
1: well, they're two separate songs.
0: Yeah, but it's not on the soundtrack, and that's that's I yeah okay yeah that's what bugs me. Which is
1: funny because in the original version, there was no Children of Rock. It was just Variation 7.
0: Yeah, I love Children of Rock.
1: Yeah, and that's my thing about this is that, like, why wouldn't you just start Children of Rock and have them play this game while he's singing? Because it would be exactly the same for me. But so he's trying to convince Ned to be a musician again.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine how it'll be? One of my favourite bits is decked out in leather. Oh, I do like leather. I do like leather. And yeah, Ned is one around and we see them just going completely crazy as they have this maggot death mania. And it culminates with Patty coming in, turning off the amps and Ned and Dee both looking terrified. As much as I will always wish Give Up Your Dreams was in the show. Oh, is
1: this where she, it's supposed this to be? This is where
0: honest. it's supposed to be. This is where it is on the soundtrack. And at this moment I could see it where she sits them both down and is like tearing Dewey a new one. And like the moments where she's like, we, we, because she's speaking for her. And her, I do really like that she uses his song against him with the Mountain Rock reprise. mm I think that's really fun. It's a trope I like in musicals when other characters successfully use people's songs against them. And I really like this moment here. It's a shame because Patty could have this great moment where she's like, Starbucks, Kinko's, take your pick. Just pack your useless dreams away. Yeah. It becomes a more of a villain song as well, I think. It makes her even more clearly the villain as opposed to just there sometimes. mm and she was a phenomenal singer. She could nail it. Every time I watch it and I just sit in hope, I'd sit for an extra five minutes and watch this. I, I I think it would only enhance the story. But I do really like this Mount Rock reprise. Yeah. I, I, like, as a substitute, that works. Back at school, and I love that you hear the as like everything's getting ready the kind of the faculty song is Gabe's theme and Gabe walks in he's like where were you we've been looking for your class have music with Miss Mullins mm. and one of my favorite recurring jokes is that he can never remember Gabe's name so he calls him Joe. Sup Joe it's yeah. Gabe. Yeah he, he tells his kid he tells Dewey that the kids are in music lesson with Miss Mullins and he's hearing that he's he, That noise, that's my kids? Mm Because Dewey's like, huh, these robots are playing music and it sounds good. And he sneaks into music and the columns disperse. And we have Miss Mullins conducting Queen of the Night.
1: Yes. Which this is the uh, specific moment that was written for Sierra, I Yeah. Because this is definitely within her wheelhouse and very much... Well, we have this, like, phenomenal soprano playing this role. Got to get her to do something operatic. Yeah. So they put
2: this in.
0: Yeah, I really like this. I just love seeing all the kids playing. I love the conducting of... Some of that is excellent triangle playing. And then you have the Freddie just banging on the cymbals. It's like, Freddie, I warned you about the cymbals.
1: Yeah, and Freddie... Eventually gets dismissed for going too hard with the cymbals. Yeah. Which, actually thinking about now, you know, when when they do You're in the Band. Yes. And Summer's like, oh, only because he's too stupid to play anything else. Yeah. She plays the triangle.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. But that is a Summer thing to do. Like, yeah. this is very much the Breakfast Club of these kids. All they've got in common is that they are at Horace Green. Yeah, They don't care about each other. They're not friends. Mm-hmm. This experience shows you that there's more to life than learning, which is something I like. One of the things I really like, especially about this, is again, now it's explicitly clear Miss Mullins is a musician. Yeah. Like music is very much a part of her soul and is important to her. You just have this musical yin and yang between her and Dewey that she is classically trained. Yeah. And he is a rock god.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: he just doesn't even know it yet and i like that and i love this little sequence and it inspires dewey we have a small exchange where summer tries to speak to miss mullins and miss mullins isn't willing to listen because we know what we're doing here at this school we are the adults you are the children which i think does actually help it would be weird if summer didn't approach her about it Yeah, But it's nice to again see her being oppressed by the man. Because that theme is going to crop up later on. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make Miss Marlins a bad person. I think she's just so absorbed in the day-to-day running of the school. She doesn't have the time to think about this. And she's lost the heart of this job, which is the kids. Because she's too busy looking at what's above her.
1: Well, she doesn't seem to particularly like any of these kids either.
0: Yeah, but I think when she started teaching, she'd have loved it. Five years ago, she would have been the best teacher ever. Yeah. But she's progressed upwards and not necessarily known what she was getting herself in for.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: all the joy and passion has escaped her. And she has this one hour a week of music studies. And that's it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I really like what they do with Miss Mullins here. So that and this little sequence works really well because it gives enough time for Dewey to have seen the band, be like, yeah, get off stage and start getting ready to prep to come back to his classroom with all the instruments. Mm-hmm. For one of my most favourite songs of any experience I've ever seen live on stage. Yeah. Because You're in the Band is so good as it slowly comes together. I just love this song so much. And I do have a video of me doing it and standing in for our Dewey who was sick at the time. The energy needed for this number is so crazy
1: oh yeah because you actually did this
0: this song. number yeah
1: yeah there's a great picture of this
0: yeah and me jumping off the desk at the end but mm-hmm. it is because you've got to be manic energy all over the place but you've also got to be grabbing the, the the guitars and you've got to be doing and i'm trying to do it with like a ipad in hand as i have to learn the script because i don't have the script at the time and i'm just like go through this But there's so much energy in this and it does really make you appreciate. You can just see how hard Jake Sharp is working.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. I love it. I just love this song so much.
1: So I really liked this song, but (laughs) I couldn't take it seriously because my preferred version of this song is
0: the one where you have... The Cats and Phantom.
1: Yeah. You, you haven't seen the mashup of this Cats and Phantom. It was done, I think it was either because of an anniversary of Andrew Lloyd Webber's or it was because he, he had four shows running at the same time. When. He gets Katie on the, the bass. bass to play the bass bit instead, instead of playing... And instead of getting of
0: playing, strong, strong, strong. bow, 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 yeah, which I love. That's in the it. film.
1: The <laughs> which is the Round Top Chuckers yeah. intro. He says, oh, I need some backup singers. And you've <Sisters> got Demeter, Bombalurina <similarity> and... Lorem, I think, are the three cats that are there. Don't yeah, and they take place. And they sing, but when the day is and bustle is done. Which but is the, the, the best the one,
0: as much as I love the Tugger, mm-hmm. the best one is where you have Lawrence go and do his little audition bit and of dun, course, dun,
1: dun, 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 dun. the most
0: iconic bit of music you've ever heard on a keyboard piano. Like, Everyone knows it, and it but it works, and you just have the phantom coming through the door, and yeah. it's great. it is fun. I love that and it's the...
1: great because the end of you're in the band, you have Christine come on from yeah. Phantom and sing her little aria, and it fits perfectly mm. and I really wonder whether he realized that. I'm sure it's just because it's written in the same key or yeah. a time structure, but I wonder whether he realized that when he was writing this possibly.
0: Song. <laughs> I, I mean, this is the, thing, it's the same thing I have most weeks. So I'm like, oh, I recognise that from Family Guy. You recognise something else. So it does impact your ability to take something seriously. Mm. But at least your version is still like true to what we've seen.
1: Yes. However, at the same time... This is me sitting in the front row of a theatre, just being like, these kids are more talented than I will ever be in my life, and I'm completely okay with that. They are amazing. Also, this
0: is one thing we've not talked about yet, but before the show starts, you and Jake were talking about, do the kids play their own thing? And I I was saying, yeah, yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, you have the pit, because obviously there's some songs that no one's playing on stage, but kids are playing their own things. Well,
1: so for this song, you're in the band, the band is playing... But they're just playing back up to kids, which is great.
0: But before the show actually starts, Andrew Lloyd Webber speaks to us from his hidden location at the New Victoria Theatre and says he promised us that the kids are going to play their instruments. And we will talk about that later on. But yeah, when they are playing these bits, the kids are playing. Yeah. And I think that's phenomenal. It's one of the things I love about this.
1: According to my inside source, apparently Andrew Lloyd Webber might have been at one of the Woking shows. Really? Yeah. To nice. review how it was going.
0: If he's going to be there any night, Friday night would have been the best. Yep. Doesn't have to wake up in the morning. Can mm-hmm. enjoy one of the comfiest waking hotels.
1: You think Andrew Lloyd Webber gets up at a normal time every day? <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber probably has like servants to bring. No, because he's now
0: got his therapy dog that he has to look after.
1: <laughs> Isn't that the point of a the therapy dog that it looks after you?
0: We'll be talking about Andrew Lloyd Webber's therapy dog. Uh, in a future episode mm-hmm. possibly coming your way uh early january so watch this space but yeah i love this i love the moment of realization of every every kid getting an instrument and i love dewey's interaction with them where like katie gets the basis of my face you're shredding it off and summer looks away, he's like it's right here. It's right here, and you have uh, Freddie on drums, and Dewey comes and goes. Yeah, that that was good for my for my grandma who's uh, who's dead. Yeah, and then Freddie plays with more ferocity. It's like yeah, now you're playing like my grandma who's alive, and and you have like Lawrence begrudgingly going up. Take me to the moon, baby, and you have this nice moment where it's like I need a couple of broodies. and the kids are like me, me, me. And he's like, you'll be a groupie to Summer. And she comes back and she's like, I don't want to be a groupie. Groupies are sluts.
1: Yes, which makes no sense in the context of the entire rest of this show.
0: No, she's not a groupie.
1: I know. But her using that word makes no sense in the rest of the context of the show. Because you can't have her talk about how... uh, What's the song called where they complain about stuff?
0: If only you would listen. No. Stick it to the man. Yeah,
1: stick it to the man she says that the thing that really makes her angry is uh,
0: unrealistic images of women in modern media discourse. Yeah. Yeah, no, Which, I know.
1: Using that word about other women is a part of that, so you can't have both. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. I know.
1: And I know it's coming from the mouth of a child, but also it was written by a 100-year-old man, so
0: Yeah. I but I do like that 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 bit where he's then like they're not sluts, they're like cheerleaders, but better. Because it's like Dewey is still not learned yet. He's not gone through the growth. We're still seeing like Dewey very much being selfish, self-serving.
1: Yeah, it's just don't think it's appropriate language. Yeah. He keeps doing this with his musicals. Why does he
0: keep doing this? No, I know, I know. But
1: like I, I would have less of a problem if it was Dewey that called them that because he's a jerk at this point. But to have a kid say that. Yeah. When she also is very aware of like...
0: Yeah, no, it does. You're right. It's the wrong character to do it. Because
1: then she also has the bit where she says about they have the thing later on where it's like, oh yeah, but she would still get paid 75 cents to the dollar and all the Mm -hmm. girls are
3: like... "Mm -hmm." Uh,
1: Yeah, so you can't have her say that line and have those other things as well because it's dumb.
0: But I like this song and I like the bit where he ends up, you know, raise your hand, and he jumps off and he's like, oh, my back. And everyone crowds around him. And he's like, whoa, it's like Lord of the Flies in here. Everyone back. <laughs> no,
1: give me some space. It's like Lord of the Flies in
0: here. <laughs> yeah. That was a joke we made because we'd actually done Lord of the Flies ahead of time. And I don't remember if it's actually in the script or we just made it up.
2: Yeah.
0: And it must be in the script. But I felt like that was one that we'd made up because we had done Lord of the Flies. It was the first thing I directed. Mm. So not like ever, but. Do
1: you have enough boys to do Lord of the Flies?
0: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. yeah love this bit i think the the song is crazy and then we have a nice reprise as so 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 dewey's kind of talked to a few of the kids tamika's left out because tamika wants to be a singer oh we have that great bit where he wants a backup scene it's like you sing the sun will come out tomorrow bet your bottom dollar there tomorrow
1: what does the other girl
2: sing is oh,
0: say can yeah. use... Which is again the film. The whole thing is the film. And then we have Summer Butchering.
1: <laughs> this kid, right, who played Summer, was such a good actress because she was a phenomenal oh, singer. Oh, yeah, very good singer. And you have to be a really good singer to be this bad when you want to be. Yeah, well,
0: they had to train Miranda Cosgrove to sing badly.
2: That's in iconic, the film. right?
0: Yeah, yeah, because she was Summer in the film. Yeah. So I had to train her to sing memory badly. Mm -hmm. And my favourite joke is when Dewey looks at it and he goes, I never want to see that or him in my classroom again.
1: Yeah. So there will be no Andrew Lloyd Webber here. i tell you
0: what, credit. Andrew Lloyd Webber wrote that joke. You know, he's fully aware that that joke exists. He may, you know.
1: Technically, Julian Fellows wrote that joke. Yeah,
0: but it's not getting past Andrew Lloyd Webber's, like, you know, if he doesn't want that joke, credit to him. Mm-hmm. that is a good joke to have and we'll have more Andrew Lloyd Webber jokes in a moment yeah I love so so Tamika wants to be in the band but she doesn't want to sing so she's still out the band mm-hmm. and then Lawrence is like I can't be in the band I'm not cool you've got to be cool to be in the band he's like do I look cool nice little moment with Dewey being vulnerable it's like but the second I'm on stage I am cool but no one would look twice at me
2: mm-hmm. you've
0: got to own it and then we have this nice moment where we are You're in the band as he hands out CDs. Yeah.
1: Mm, I don't know where the kids get the energy from for this show because for this little reprise of You're in the band, they're all lining up to collect their CDs from him for homework. And the entire time they're like jumping up and down. I was like, I feel like I'd be tired from just doing this part. Well, and they've already done two songs either side of and it. And it's
0: not like they're actually getting a rest. Dewey's the one getting the rest after this number, which he needs. Yeah, they're all
1: going straight into another song. They're going
0: into If Only You Would Listen. And he gets a, a little bit of a break. If Only You Would Listen is a great song.
1: Mm. but yeah this is his he must be backstage lying on the floor (laughs) i would be i'd be having somebody spray me with water yeah
0: right well he's gonna need it because he's coming on for a proper manic number in a moment i like if any you would listen it's nice to see the kids lives so we get billy's dads who's like (laughs)
1: He's reading Sports Illustrated.
0: Reading Sports Illustrated. He's actually got Vogue. Yeah. And his dad's like, no, you shouldn't read this because we are sporting people. Every
1: man in this family plays football. You're going to play football.
0: Yeah. And it it is proper toxic masculinity. And this Mm. poor child who just wants to pursue something isn't allowed to. You get Freddie being told off by her dad being like, come and and woodwork with me.
1: Yeah, that one... That one really made me laugh because it's supposed to be the same thing, right? In the movie, Freddie is a boy. Yeah. It's not important to the casting of this film that uh, it's not important to the casting in the show, whether Freddie is a boy or a girl. But I think Freddie's the only one that
0: we can do that with. Where it doesn't matter.
1: Lawrence doesn't matter. Maybe. Lawrence's character has way less character in this version. Yeah. He all they have the is film. the
0: ball bit, which is really the same as the film. Yeah. I guess Lawrence... Yeah, Lawrence doesn't matter. Zach, I think, does. The only thing ones
1: I think do with Zach and Summer.
0: Katie could change. Tamika, I think, does matter. But I think, yeah...
1: It's all based on the audience fitting into your preconceived gender yeah. stereotypes. But this whole thing with Freddie and her dad... Her dad has like a woodworking bench in front of him. And so she gets home and she goes to run past him and he's like, "Nope, where's your homework? Which in fairness, like when I was a kid and I got home, my parents were like, what homework do you have tonight?
0: Any parents who are listening, good parenting.
1: She gets her CD out and hands it to him. And he's like, music again? Like, oh, when I was at school and he does the whole, like we had to walk two ways up the hill, like barefoot you don't know what real work is. And then he's like, you're going to put your stuff down. You're going to come and do some real work. And he hands her a hammer and it's like, okay,
0: what am I going to hammer at your jigsaw dad? (laughs) Sure. sure. And then you've got, but that just made
1: me sit there and think about the the like complexities of, okay, he must just be doing this for fun. Like this is his wood shop in his garage or whatever, because He's not working as a carpenter and paying $50,000 a year for this kid to go to this school. No. So why is this what he thinks real work is?
0: Mm.
1: It's so weird. It is very
0: interesting.
1: Does he want her to become a carpenter? Which is a great career.
0: But actually, he could be paying that much for school because he could be self-employed and building houses and turning houses, like flipping them. That's true. So... It absolutely could be his, his his job
1: yeah just the way that it's done is just really funny could
0: be a stay-at-home dad for all we know that mum is the one who's earning the money is sent freddie to that and he gets to that's pursue. also true so yeah, I, there are like... a
1: couple of kids that we only see one of their parents for Yep,
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i think the only person we see both parents is tamika
1: oh, that's because it's important yes
0: exactly we don't ever see double parents
1: Poor Tamika says to her dads that...
0: She doesn't fit in. She
1: doesn't fit in. She's not doing well. She's not making any friends because she can't talk to them. And they're like, yeah, but we love this school. Yeah. More than you.
0: Yeah. And it is just more examples of like parents thinking that what they're doing is best for their kids, but they're not listening. And then you have Zach, who's like all excited and dad is angry at the music, but isn't even listening. He's on the phone, like trying to sell stocks. And it, it's great when this argument he turns his back on Zach and you have, you always talk, talk, talk all the time.
1: Oh, this is the moment with the boy who was playing Zach in the cast that we saw where I was like, wow. wow. Yeah. Because we hadn't heard this boy sing on his own up to this point. Yeah. And his voice was amazing. He had a really. Not only like beautiful, but really powerful yeah. voice from such a tiny little dude. Like
0: there are two wow moments where the kids bust out a song, for me, mm. and it's it's Zach here, but I think it's also two Tamika moments of, uh, Amazing Grace, mm. but also the, the, the ironically enough the only you would listen moment. Yes, I agree um, on that one because like these moments where they just bust out and it's powerful, and with Zach it does just come so quickly. Yeah. It's great. I love this. And I love the way as it culminates, the kids will run on into a spotlight and, and stop and the, the kids crowd around on the stage really well. And I love the way at the end they step out silhouetted, triumphantly, like angrily towards the audience. And I promise one day I'll make you here. I, yeah, I love how this ends. And We then come back into the school and Dewey's ready to do more music. And we go into a bit that I think translates really well from the film to the stage. And I'm glad they kept because they could have cut this. I love the end of time sequence. I know you don't. But I think if you love the film, you want to see... The math song. Mm -hmm. You want to see School of Rock. You don't want a brand new song. You want that song. And I really love this song. Like I remember being a kid at school and me and my friends knew this. So when I saw this for the first time, I thought they're still doing In the End of Time. Yes. Yes, this is great. And I really like this.
1: I think my thing with this song is I don't know whether I'm supposed to feel embarrassed for him or
0: not. Yeah, you are absolutely supposed to feel embarrassed for him
1: right in which case i wish somebody told him to stop because it just makes me like viscerally uncomfortable which is the exact same thing that happens with the math song where i'm like oh i wish miss mullins would just tell him to stop
0: no but that's the point and i know you don't get on with that sort of comedy
1: because it's not funny nobody's laughing
0: i was i was having a great time I think this is the thing is... No, no,
1: I I know the audience were laughing. Yeah, I mean, the, within the context of the yeah, film. But the, kids,
0: but the kids don't see it as embarrassing at this point. The kids are on board with it because kids trust adults.
1: They shouldn't. No,
0: but does, <laughs> is, isn't that true that the kids, any kid can go into any classroom and, and just trust you that you're the expert. You tell them to jump, they will jump because they trust that you are the expert. You are their teacher. It is different with substitute teachers, granted, but you, they trust you. You are the teacher. And he is sparked this passion in music with them. If he says he's got a song, they don't know it's embarrassing. They're going to go with it.
1: They all look embarrassed for him in this version. I don't think they did. I
0: think they they, they look like entranced by it. They're like, yeah, they're feeling rock for the first time. They're okay, taken the aback. The
1: longer this went on, because I stopped watching him, because mm-hmm. this is not, this song isn't for me. Yeah. And I get why it's in here. It's lovely that they kept in so much stuff from the film. But, This one, not my jam. Yeah. So I was watching the kids and the longer this song goes on for, the more like weirded out the kids look.
0: Yeah, which is kind of the point. And again, because then when he's got that bit at the end, he's like breathing on the floor. (sighs) And Summer goes up to him and is just like, I really liked your song. And he's like, you're still not getting a gold star. He knows. Yeah. He knows what she's doing. And I do think it's a nice joke that culminates really, really well for me.
1: Now we're going to go into my favourite song.
0: And what is that? The Faculty Quadrille. Right, yeah, I really like the sequence, but it still gives me nightmares.
1: <laughs> I can imagine staging this is a nightmare, especially staging it with kids.
0: Yeah, especially staging it with kids.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that's really difficult because like you said about Miss Mullins' songs, these there is a very clear divide with this show about who can be played by children, who can be played by an adult, and... When you then license it for schools to do, you lose that yeah and that ability.
0: And it is a difficult song. It is one of the toughest songs to sing in this, especially at the end. that here at Horris Green, here at Horris Green, I remember being in the the the, the music the room harmonies. training for that one. The harmonies for that are tough because mm-hmm. you've got like four different versions of here at Horris Green, here at Horris Green. It is it's it is tough. So this is the bit where we have, as he leaves, we have the lesson one, the 50s, Rockabilly, and Billy raises his hand. He's like, not you, Billy. And yeah, we go into faculty quadrille Here at Horace Green, our purpose is to glean good test results from pre-adults.
1: Yeah, I love that line. Looking at children, instead of calling them children, they call them pre-adults. Yeah. Like you just stop seeing them as kids if you think about them that way but my favorite thing about this scene that during the interval i had a whole conversation with my brother about because we went to see the show with him was that like it was very much like an actual star
0: yeah no it looks <laughs> the great. set dressing is great the set
1: dressing is amazing the fact that Everybody goes and gets a coffee except for Gabe. And then when he gets there, there's no coffee left. And he's really mad about it. Yeah. But they're all singing at the same time. So you're just watching all these interactions. You have the PE teacher in her PE PE gear. And she has one of those muscle rollers. So she's like rolling herself out on the floor. And then she stands up. And there's another teacher behind her who's just staring at her butt. Yeah, it's like,
0: and he's like not even coy about it. Like the whole point is like he clearly He like jumps her. and turns yeah. around.
1: Yeah, the interplay between teachers that fancy each other. Yeah. Hilarious, been there.
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> One of the things I like about this is just that they're all gossiping. Like you think this is going to go the way of them all like, oh, we hate this, this guy because they're like, you know... Have you seen that psychedelic fan that he's got left in the lot, parked in my spot? Yeah,
1: they're all really complaining about him until we get further into the song (laughs) where they're like, suddenly all these kids are really happy. They're
0: like, worst of all, the children all like him, more than us. Yep. And they basically decide that maybe we would do better as teachers if we were more like him. And I think that's, you know... A really nice way to enter. He comes in and it just stops. And in with the energy. You know, high-fiving Gabe, his brother from another mother. And Gabe's like, "Uh, no. And we get the moment here where he says, like, "I, (laughs) I only got this joke for the first time now. I've seen this show four times. I've directed this is my life for six months. He says, you know what they say in marriage or teaching? The first month is always the hardest. And I just got that joke on Friday. I think because of Jake Sharp's delivery.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Dewey doesn't believe in testing because he believes the children are our future. Teach them well, but let them lead the way.
1: And you have the great... I can't tell whether she... She must be an admin worker in the school.
0: Yeah, she's like her PA, Miss Scheinkopf.
1: Yeah. she um, She's like, that's a song. And she gets really mad when Dewey's like, no, no, I'm pretty sure it's not.
0: Didn't Whitney Houston sing it? No. Who? He says, who?
1: And <laughs> She gets really huffy about it and walks off. Yeah.
0: And this is the bit where Gabe gets so frustrated. And he's like, Bella's like, Gabe. And Dewey starts calling him Jabe. <laughs>
1: Wow, Jabe.
0: Yeah. Miss Mullins enters. Dewey's all excited. Like, Rosalie, Rosalie. And and she says, I think you should call me Miss Mullins, please, in front of all the other staff. Yeah. And this is where he proposes a field trip.
1: And she's like, no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I say substitutes don't organise field trips. (laughs) Please. Aren't I a little more than a substitute by now, Miss Mullins? No. No. I love it. Yeah. And she promises to check but she's like there's so many issues don't get your hopes up
2: mm-hmm.
0: and we go back into in the end of time we do the band practice version here which is really nice all the band are playing and they're singing dewey's song the difference in it being a cappella now it's I, I like seeing it in action where you've got all the band actually contributing to it it's
1: definitely nicer with the kids playing it. yeah
0: well that's the reason why it's not actually on the soundtrack it's there but it's a. Oh, no, it is actually, it is part of it. You get the soundtrack version as the extra scene as the rock version. Yeah. But but Zach is not feeling it. He said he's doing it exactly as he's told. And Yeah, he
1: says, I don't know why you're telling me off. I'm doing exactly what you're telling me to. And Dewey's like, that's kind of the whole issue here, is you need to stop doing as you're told.
0: Yeah, rock isn't supposed to be perfect. Does anyone know what rock's all about? We get some nice reactions from the kids. Getting drunk. <laughs> scoring chicks. And this is where Dewey says, no, rock and roll is all about sticking it to the man. And Summer says, why can't it be a woman? And this is where you get the, yeah, but she'll probably only get 70 cents to the dollar. Oh yeah,
1: the man can be a woman. Yeah, but even if she was, she'd probably only get 74 cents to the dollar. And (laughs) all the girls are like,
0: "Yup." And Dewey just looks at her and says, like, (laughs) controversial. One of my favourite interactions he has, just as we go into like starting stick it to the man, is asking all the kids what makes them angry. And I think Billy's response is my favourite. When my mum gets too much Botox, I can't tell if she's happy.
1: Oh, yeah, we never see his mum.
0: No, we don't. We. Only I mean, th-
1: we don't have the time.
0: No, we don't. I don't think you need to see every person. But we talk about who the man is and we give examples of who's the man. Like Miss Mullins, she's the man. Who else was the man?
1: Andrew Lloyd Webber.
0: It wasn't Andrew Lloyd Webber they name dropped, though. <laughs> Andrew
1: Lloyd Webber is the man.
0: Yes. But they did mention someone who is related to an Andrew Lloyd Webber property and seems to be in every musical nowadays as the man.
1: Oh, no. So it's not that I'm going to explain. And I will say who they mention. So they say the man is responsible for creating consumerism is one of them. Yeah. And global warming. And then James Corden. Yeah. Which is kind of
2: hilarious. Yes. And
0: then we get something about how and that movie. Which I thought was very, very funny. Because it could be anyone, but I'm pretty certain he meant cats. Yeah. I I love Stick It To The Man. I think it's such a great angry song. Like, I, one of my favourite bits is you have Freddie slide across the stage and just tap the stage with the drumsticks. Oh,
1: yeah. That's one of the things I wanted to talk about. I'm, I mean, of course you loved it. Because you love everything about this. But I, that was, like, one of the weakest parts of the song. I was like, why would you do that? There's a drum set at the back of the stage.
0: I know, but I just think it's very nice. I know cool. she
1: stays there for, like, the whole show, and it's nice to showcase this kid and have her yeah. towards the front. But maybe it's because there was definitely... You know how there's a kid in every class that plays the drums, yeah. and they do that constantly? Yeah. I, I always was sat next to that kid when that I was, was at school, and he used to really wind me up.
0: I just think it's very nice. Like you say, we have to get Freddie front and center for some moments and it's a nice moment during choreography just to have slide forward and tap to tap tap, tap 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 i think it's cool yeah i think this song is great i love the bit and this bit this bit is very very different in each version we have go ahead all of you get it off your chests and we have family therapy stick it to the man we didn't One of the versions I've seen is parents up in your Facebook. That's like an older one. But I like that this can change with time.
1: Yeah, they said parents on TikTok.
0: Yeah, that was it. And then he
1: was like, who's TikTok? Which is, I like that joke. That's funny.
0: Vegan snack food.
1: Which like, okay, Andrew Lloyd Webber,
2: sure.
0: I think, yeah, I mean, Billy being forced to eat vegan food probably is quite in keeping with mum. He must have a really conflicted home life with dad being, like, play football. I feel like, like his parents are Yeah.
1: <laughs> I feel like he, he lives with his dad and he doesn't spend time with his mum. So when he does see her and she's done all the Botox, he's, like, freaked out by it.
0: So goes home to dad and dad's like, have a burger. <laughs> yeah. But don't tell your mum. Yeah, and then we do bad get bad parenting. Yeah, we get, we get your line that you don't like from Summer, which granted you you have actually no, s- no,
1: I like. The I know I like your line, but it, it... I just think it's contrasting with you can't have this kid call other girls sluts and then have her comment on the the way that we treat women in yeah. society. The thing
0: is, the groupies are sluts. Comment. Is a, a, a callback to the film like that? Yeah, and it is, wasn't
1: okay when they said it. In no, the film. I know, I
0: know it's. Not. And it I wasn't okay at not. the
1: time that the film came out. No,
0: I know it's not. I'm not. It's just more to, it feels nonsense very much like coming it,
1: from male writers, yeah. and it's the same as it was in the movie. Yeah, and it's it feels like men. that's
0: there's so many good things they reference in the film, but then there's like, why would you bring that one in when you're going to have this great moment of summer being like unrealistic images of female beauty? She in literally media could be discourse. like, I don't want
1: to be a groupie. Groupies don't actually get to do anything. Yeah. Like, that would have been easier. She could have said, groupies are fans. Yeah. I don't want to be a fan. I want to do something. Yeah. She's the most proactive kid here. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: Like, it really wouldn't be difficult to change this line.
0: We go back to hating on Mr. Schneebly. And Billy... It does it unprompted. You're tacky and I hate you. Yeah, and we it's told to take a lap. See,
1: that's a good line that comes mm. from the show I, yeah. from the film. You yeah. tacky and I hate
0: you. And this is the bit where we get them coming up with the name for the band. We get koala bears we get the animals, and then Billy shouts Pig's Rectum, which again callback to the film is a great one. I like that it comes from Billy at this point, we're like, dude, what's wrong with you? And then we get the School of Rock. And the music stops and we get the big like, there's no way you can stop. And then we just go back into like really energetic, like, yeah, we got this. Stick it to the man. I love it. It's great. (laughs) And it all ends very, very suddenly with my favourite joke. Is when Dewey says it's time to throw some against the fan. And everyone freezes. Freddie, front and centre, looks to the audience and says, can we say that? And Dewey's like, we're the school of rock. We can say anything. And Freddie goes from being shocked to cool. And we get our big stick it to the man finish. And Mullins is on the move.
1: Yeah, right. So here's my issue with that. Yeah. Well, like, I don't like songs being interrupted for, like, reasons like that just anyway. We've yeah. talked about it in other musicals where I'm like, you didn't need to pause this song mm-hmm. to have this line in. It's hilarious, I'm sure. Maybe it's just because I'm used to listening to the song, yeah. like the soundtrack version with and you. the
0: soundtrack does it really well because it just plays it like there is yeah, no they interruptions. Yeah, they just play
1: through, which I prefer. Yeah. But that line, I was like, that's what you've paused me for. Yeah,
0: I think <laughs> it's just great. just asking this. Yeah.
1: Because... I think it's just because I was like, I'm pretty sure you've already said worse things than this. No, he hasn't. And maybe not in front of the kids.
0: No. But also, that's the one swear we have in this.
1: Up until now, he has not been that bad of an influence on these kids. And everything else has been like he in at no point in the stage version has told them to lie to their parents because in the film he says to them, but you can't tell your parents about this. You can't tell anyone. Yeah. If anybody finds out, um, you'll all lose all your grades because we're not supposed to start prepping for this until next quarter. Yeah. And he doesn't say that in this version. So it was like, cool, he's not encouraging them to lie. And actually, they're all going home and show we see them showing the CDs yeah. to their parents as their homework. So I was like, okay, this is a better influence on these kids. This is the one point where I'm like, don't tell these kids they can do whatever they want. (laughs) This is not a good idea. You've got them really riled up and now you're telling them they can do whatever they want.
0: here I am being Dewey. To promote the show, we did a week of assemblies and I thought the strongest scene we had was stick it to the man, which is one of the strongest sequences. Every single assembly the kids raised their middle fingers, and we had this moment here. And I was like, <laughs> the head teacher's here, and we've just sworn in front of the whole school, stick it to the man. <laughs> it's like, I'm not censoring it. The only time I censored it, we had primary schools come in. I thought that's the one time I'm going to say censor it, because like primary kids. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm Dewey, bad influence. I don't care. I think it's a great joke. Mm-hmm. Miss Mullin shows up. And this is where we get the quick transformation into Thanksgiving. And Dewey is teaching them about Thanksgiving. I
1: Why is this a thing? I don't get the Thanksgiving thing. Is that what time of year? No, I
0: think it is literally just he's trying to be like, a, it's just like a funny set piece.
1: Did they already have this in the classroom that they could just pull out? No, I, think I mean, what... probably. I feel like they didn't spend the time on building this. No,
0: I, I possibly. And I think the whole idea is just the fact he's got a quick thing. You can easily put like the... Uh, the, the the props over the drum kit and the keyboard without having to wheel them off. It's a good disguise. We changed it. I I don't think Thanksgiving translates as well over here in the UK simply because it's not something we celebrate. We know what it is, but it doesn't translate well.
1: I'm and, not complaining about it. I just was like, why why this? Yeah, like, it could have been anything. It, you know? Well,
0: that's the beauty of it. Is it can be anything. So what we did in our version is the year before we had done Chronicles of Narnia. Line which in the wardrobe, so we change it to be let's do a bit of English literature, and Dewey is reading Chronicles of Narnia and they're acting it out. I still think Miss Mullins would find that controversial. You know, at this point, it's like they don't pay to pretend, drama class,
2: class. Yeah. right?
0: Exactly, this is English, and they are reading the book, so I thought that was controversial enough. We actually still had uh, our Ice Queen, so she just put on her crown from the previous year, and we still had. In fact, basically the full cast was there, so we just had them reprise their roles for five minutes, and it was a nice little moment. I liked it, but the extent of this, she comes in to clarify. Yes, uh, we cannot do the field trip. Uh, she wants to talk about it and do. like, yeah, they have to qualify first. And goes, what kind of field trip do you have to qualify for? It's an unusual field. And I, I like.
1: Right, I really thought about that when he said that. I, I really. In that moment, was like, why would you not just say they have to be well behaved enough?
0: Because he's not smart, he's not it. To... <laughs> he's
1: an
3: idiot, right?
0: And I like the bits where you've got like him saying something and Summer being like, "What are you doing in the background?" Miss Mullins turns Summer, and then they're having a silent conversation. Like, backing... I like
1: that in everything. Yeah, every I... every single show that does that, I always think it's
0: that's really really fun. Really fun. But say...
1: they're like shouting at each other, but there's no sound coming out, so they're just like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I like it. (laughs) It It's always funny. Miss Mullins leaves, there is no field trip, and everyone's like, Well, I guess that's it. No battle of the bands.
1: So they leave anyway to go to the audition.
0: Yeah, Dewey's like, Who cares? When the bell rings for Jim, which is pointless, we'll get the instruments, load them into my van, and on my signal, we'll go before anyone notices. And we get the nice little Dewey sneaking through moment. Mm-hmm. I like the rolling and the trying to whistle, and he can't do it, so he does his bird call, and it's just like, oh, this isn't working. And I, I think it's fun. It's really endearing because it's like, oh, Dewey, you precious man-child, you. And yeah, the the music that accompanies the sneaking is really fun as well. Yeah, they have they always get to the entrance, and then in comes Miss Mullins. They have to hide, and eventually they sneak out really triumphantly,
2: mm-hmm. and they
0: get to the 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 Battle of the Bands and they're getting set up ready to audition. Yeah. However, there are no spaces left on the Battle of the Bands. That's this is it. all
1: pretty much the same as the film.
0: Yeah, and I really like the idea that you have the Stick It to demand and the Yoda hospice for very, very sick children. I feel like Jeff... Mm-hmm sanderson being this huge dork because he looks like a dork and i say that with the utmost respect i feel like he would recognize yoda as a reference (laughs) like the yoda hospice he'd be like strong with the force you know Mm -hmm. but i like it they, they they, convince Jeff to let them audition or just perform because of how sick these kids are. I love that they all go from fainting on the stage and Dewey's got one of them in his arms and he's just swinging them around. It's Tamika. It's yeah. Tamika. She's
1: so little.
3: She's
0: so little and her arms are all so floppy. And the second that Jeff's like, okay, you can perform, they just jump up and they perform in the end of time. Mm-hmm. He loves them. So naturally they're in and then we get a really cool little reprise of stick it to the man to end act one on a lot of energy yeah and then like all shows it can only go down from there Mm -hmm. act two is so much faster and filled with so much more compared to everything mm, else
1: less songs as well yeah
0: less songs it, it just goes so so quick I think one of my favourite things is you open the stage with the board down and summer and we get the 36 hours written up and we just go straight into time to play. Mm -hmm. That is a great start of Act 2 number. Like it's up there with Hugo in terms of like get the crowd straight back into it. Yeah. And because it goes straight in, there's no like talking, we're straight into this number. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so much fun
1: Oh, I spent this entire. <laughs> this is going to sound really bad. I spent this entire number staring at the girl that Summer says no gum smacking to. not talk. She's no one of the macking. backup singer girls. Yes. Do they have names?
0: They do. But I cannot remember. You
1: yeah, know me either. Anyway, one of the things that. She's and then a... Marcy and Chanel. Right. Whichever one of them it was, she was very cute, but she was sat there really waiting
0: to chew her gum, to
1: chew her gum. And she obviously had this, it was like a big wad of gum because she pulls it out of her mouth in like a really gross, like she holds it between her teeth and stretches it and she was sat there. And a couple of times she put her hand up to her mouth as if she was going to do it and then put her hand back down and then put her hand back up. And I was just yeah. laughing watching that. It was just really cute. It is. Like over-preparing for something.
0: There's one of those nice moments as well when we get the go on and cue the light board and you just get Mason like fade down to three, then back up to seven, and the lights dim and go up and then the whole audience is like, cool.
1: Oh yeah, because they didn't go back to the colour they were before, the whole back of the... Set changed like a bunch of it, different did. it was nice. Colors. I it's liked cute. it,
0: but it's a weird like bit it's one of the weirdest like reactions from the audience that we had. Like,
1: well, it was really the first time they've changed the color of the lighting,
0: yeah, especially in the classroom area. And yes. because you've so believed in this world at this point that it's the kids responsible for these bits.
1: Yeah, the fact that the kids are smart enough to do something like this in a classroom, like, that's cool for an audience. Yeah,
0: and the fact that we believe that the kids are doing this. They're obviously not. Yeah, we just
1: accept that they yeah. did.
0: I like the bit where she gets all antagonistic towards Katie. Is it Katie? Katie and Zach, where we have... Yeah,
1: I thought that was weird. So, obviously, Danny loves this show. I have heard the soundtrack to this a thousand, thousand times in the car on the way to work. And I didn't know that she's saying some of these lines to Zach, Katie and Freddie. Yeah. Because why would she be? They're the players.
0: But she's literally managing everything. No, I
1: know. But there's no reason why they should be in charge of anything except their instruments.
0: Yeah, but I guess when she's saying to Zach, have you got the flanger, the phaser, the pedals and effects, that's him being in charge of his instruments.
1: No, it isn't. He never uses a pedal or any of that stuff.
0: They would if they did in the end of time. That's true. <laughs> they changed to his song. But I just love that bit where she just turns. What about the song list printed? Like I said, if you bought the wrong list, I swear to God, you're dead. Got the flanger, the phaser, the pedals and effects like summer. up. This is the only solo kids song we have. No, it's
1: not. What's the other one? Amazing Grace. That doesn't count. This does. It's on the song list. Okay. It can... They had to pay royalties not... for the song to be in this. It's not on the it's
0: soundtrack, like... but... yeah, I'll tell you why it's not on the soundtrack when <laughs> right. we get to it. <laughs> okay, it is not the only solo kids song. However, it's the longest solo kids song. And the one that's got the most choreography and the most energy to it. And Summer needs to be very precise with her movements to make sure she's in the right place at the right time. Yeah, so this, this is direction. a
1: very talented kid. Right.
0: I'm not complaining and about And I think it, this I is... Just... Obviously, each kid needs different talents. You obviously need a kid who can play guitar really well, a kid who can play bass, drums, keyboard, great. Mm-hmm. But I think Summer in terms of just working the way around this mm-hmm. and some of some of the syllables you have to hit... Are really difficult because of how fast this song goes. Yeah, like it's an incredible triumph for Summer to do this. Mm-hmm. I, I really admire it. But my favourite bit is can we review the costumes and Billy's working out some looks. Yeah, and we get the reveal of Lawrence behind this weird like curtain on a I don't know, on a trolley. And he's all glam rock. And it's so tacky. Mm-hmm. But I love it.
1: Yeah. It's cute. I like it. Yeah. I like how over the top it is and how first of all he made that. Yeah. I mean, not in the real world, but like in the context of the show.
0: Billy made that. Billy
1: made that during school hours. Yeah. Out of stuff that was just like around.
0: Yeah, because they're not getting money. Like, Dewey oh. is 100% not gone out and bought fabric. So he is found fabric snuck it in Mm -hmm. it's very very cool and i do like i like glam rock i think if they'd all performed like that it would have been very cool it doesn't fit the vibe they wouldn't have won they would not have won they'd have looked far more like a joke Mm -hmm. but it's a very cool thing i like that moment it's a great song and it is a great way to open up and we finish this song and we go back into the faculty lounge which is always a good time for you because you like how realistic the set is and all the teacher characters.
1: Yeah. This is so realistic. I think all the teacher stuff is like weirdly well written. Yeah. To the point that I feel like Julian Fellows must have actually spoken to actual teachers and been like, "Hey, what are staff rooms like?" Because this scene where he finds out that Miss Mullins is secretly like a big rock fan and she's yeah. really into Stevie Nicks from the other teachers. Is so teacher gossip. It's amazing. Yeah. Because <laughs> the they're sh- all talking about how she got drunk after off
0: one beer, one
1: beer after an event one time and she got up and sang and everybody's like, oh yeah, it was the best thing that's ever happened. Like, oh, you wouldn't believe. And they're like really talking about her until yeah. she arrives, obviously.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Well,
0: it's after she arrives. So she, she does the announcement. It was after
1: of, she's left. Yeah, yeah. They
0: do the announcement of it's parents evening and Dewey oh
1: he spit takes on the back of that poor girl's head I
0: love the spit take and I love that moment one of my favourite lines is Dewey saying I love to meet the parents I'm so interested in their opinions of my work
1: He's being sarcastic.
0: Uh, yeah, I just love it. It's just it.
1: hilarious as a line from a character. He's not even a teacher.
0: Yeah, but it's it's such a teacher line. It's it really such is. a teacher line. And but I
1: love that all the other teachers are sat on the sofa behind him are just there like, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Parents' night is very important to uh, Miss Mullins and she leaves and everyone else is like, oh, that, that head teacher of ours. I love Dewey's like, she needs a good defrosting and Gabe's like... You should see her.
1: After one beer. Yeah. Yeah. In fairness, what's her PA called? Miss Scheinkopf. Miss Scheinkopf. She makes a really cute comment about like, hey, it's harder for her than it is for the rest of us. Mm. Which I was like, you are correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But she's also the one that's like, (laughs) and she got drunk at the end of teachers convention I'm, yeah, big fan of Stevie Nicks and doing like, hmm, Rosalie the rock chick is into Stevie Nicks. Good to know. Mm-hmm. We see a plan start to formulate in this very handsome head.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so this is, this is where I was like, oh no, how is this going to play out? Yeah. Because I know that in the stage version, their are love interests. Right. Compared to the film where it's like hinted at slightly. It's not
0: even hinted at in the film.
1: It depends on how you look at it with the film. Like you could read it as being romantic-ish, but it there's nothing there. There is nothing going to happen, especially because there is is an age gap between the two characters. Yeah, and
0: I, I referenced this a few weeks ago when we did half a sixpence. Mm -hmm. It's the it, it it's one moment that always gets it, and we'll talk there. We're very close to that that moment, but yeah, this is the first kind of hint that. Dewey sees more but also is going to start exploiting because Dewey's so desperate. Mm -hmm. Dewey goes back into the classroom. He's stressed. He's talking to Summer because Summer is by far the only person he trusts to deal with Parents Night. So depressing. And everyone's like, oh no, what are we going to do? Parents Night is the same night as the Battle of the Bands. What are we going to do?
1: Well, he's like, hey, it'll be fine. I'll keep it quick. We'll be out here by seven.
0: Yeah. And Everyone starts to panic. The kids begin to panic. Dewey's trying to come up with an idea. They don't believe it. they can do anything. They know that they are screwed.
1: Yeah, they're like, oh, we don't have any work to show.
0: Yeah. Well, and they it...
1: do. They just don't want to show it.
0: Exactly. He asks for any ideas. And this is where Tamika raises her hand. And Dewey, do you know what? Great. It's like, everyone stops. This child doesn't often contribute. Everyone stop and give them a chance. I he like does it
1: the wrong way, though.
0: He does it the wrong way. It's like Tamika front and centre. Tamika says, I just want to be in the band. And he's like, well, it's a little too late for that. What do you want to do? She says she wants to be a singer. He says he cannot let her be in the band oh, unless she sings.
1: He says, oh, you want to be a backup singer? And she's like, no, I'm not a backup singer. I'm a singer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a headliner. <laughs> it's yeah. my favorite line from Sister Act. I yeah. was not a showgirl.
0: Yeah. I am a headliner. <laughs> he gives her an opportunity to sing. She doesn't. So he goes back to right. Who's got an idea? Everyone is talking, and it's one of my favorite moments of the show. Is where Tamika just starts singing "Amazing Grace" because like everyone stops, and you're just like this. This moment is powerful. Where well, this this student finally is like, I can do this.
2: Cool.
1: Why didn't they write her a song?
0: Because that's what she sings in the film, I think.
1: Dumb. (laughs) Why would you pay royalties for a song in your musical that you then cannot put on the soundtrack without paying royalties every single time somebody listens, not just to that song, but to the soundtrack as a whole? And every time you sell a copy of your soundtrack, you have to pay royalties back to the owner of the license of that song. Why wouldn't you just write her a song that kind of sounds like Amazing Grace? I Write her a soul song or something like that. Like, cause Amazing Grace is a gospel
0: song. It's a church song. Surely it's freeform by now. It's not. I I think the moment is it can't be a musical song. It has to be a song that really exists, given the fact we've had memory, given the fact we've had... The sun will come out tomorrow, even though you just had lines of it.
1: Yeah, if you sing less than eight bars, you don't have to pay royalties. Yeah, and don't... especially if you sing your own song.
0: I don't mind. I think and... it's great. But I... it's
1: what the one of the things that I love about Sister Act the musical, mm-hmm. which we are now never gonna see. But they wrote a whole bunch of songs that really sound like yeah, And that's that's fine. I just And like good for Alan Mencken for doing that. Yeah. But God, Andrew, for a guy that's so obsessed with money. You would think he would have written a song that he could make some money. Yeah, but let's
0: on. be honest. Whatever song she sung would be skippable on the soundtrack anyway, because this moment relies on being there. You wouldn't listen to this song on the soundtrack anyway, because it would be so different.
1: Yeah, but know. the reason why it's not on the soundtrack isn't because of that. It's no, I know, I know that, priorities. but you
0: would still like that is your skip song straight away. I'd rather not have a song that i would skip on the soundtrack and have this moment here i think it's a really nice song i think it's the same as like x factor and those sort of shows i don't want to hear people audition with songs they've written that don't exist i want to be able to compare it to something i know and i think this moment only works because of that i don't know i like this moment i think it works really really well i take your point it's the same thing we said with Cinderella. The waltz music sounds so generic, and like, could you it not have way written too much something?
1: Like right?
0: Could you <laughs> not have just written something new? Well, I... we could
1: have a, a whole song there where they sing about going to the party, you know. Anyway, we talked about that when we did Cinderella. Yeah, but yeah, they're they just.
0: I think the thing is, it is only four uh, five lines of the song, but it feels longer because it is slow.
1: She sang two verses.
0: No, it's only supposed to be Amazing Grace, only up to was blind, but now I see. It's only, it is only that long. So it's not a big, That's big not big. It's two lines. It's five lines. But Dewey's like amazed, and yet your voice is pure magic, you're in the band, everyone is happy, and we get red alert. Miss Mullins is back. Yep. And Dewey pulls down the board for E equals MC to Tiny Two. I know, right? It blew my mind too. And Miss Mullins comes in and says Miss Sheinkopf told me she had music. And we get a call back to the film where Dewey says, hmm, Miss Sheinkopf must be on crack.
2: Yep.
0: And his guitar is still on the desk. Dewey says that he uses uh, music to teach the really boring subjects. Miss Mullins says we don't acknowledge that there are any boring subjects here at Horace Green. And we get Which is math. A really
1: good mentality it to have, actually. Oh, it
0: is. There's no boring subjects. Everything is exciting in lessons. Math is a wonderful thing. So get off your wrath. Let's do some math. And mm. I like this bit. I, it, it's a. I great... already
1: talked about how I feel about this.
0: Yeah, I'm glad it's there. I think it is a nice little moment, and it is pivotal because we have to have this moment where Miss Marlin's comes in. I like the bit where all the kids are dismissed, and he keeps Summer behind and goes Summer. Do better tomorrow. Try harder tomorrow. Right? (laughs) And Summer's just like, I will kill you.
1: (laughs) And she knows she can't say it because Miss Mullins is there. Uh, We get through Math is a Wonderful Thing to one of my favourite moments of this entire show. Yeah. Which is him asking her to go out for a drink and her being like, what?
0: Yeah, and he's all like...
1: (laughs) It's so cute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, oh my God. He keeps doing this thing. wait where he keeps showing his legs
0: yeah it's like his legs and then he takes his jacket up so he's exposing his buttocks
1: yeah but that (laughs) that I understand that's like a trope but he keeps pulling his already quite tight fitting trousers up they don't go much further than the top of his
0: socks
1: (laughs) and then he's like showing like rubbing his legs like ooh yeah (laughs) and <laughs> she's not into it no. at all. <laughs> One
0: of my favourite bits, as he as he goes to clear the board and lift it up, we get a picture of Ozzy Osbourne, and he panics.
1: Oh, by the time she turns back round, he's, like, flipped it back down. Yeah,
0: and it's like, elvon Von, ah, and Baker. To, to come up with, like, a fake name for people, because he's like, oh, no, Ozzy Osbourne, and he's panicked, and he has to make that panic come. And she backs him into a table, and he climbs over the table backwards and sits on the chair. <laughs> That's real cute. It's really good. And, yeah, he just is like, uh, do you want to go out on a date? He doesn't
1: um, say date.
0: Oh, he says until date the, end at the end of the conversation.
1: Yeah. He says, "Do you want to go out for a drink?" And she's like, "What?" And he's like, "Well, you, you know, we're we're stressed. It's Parents' Evening." What about come. a coffee? Yeah, yeah. Let's go out for a drink. I know this great place. And she's like, "The dive bar." Yeah,
0: also you know
1: it. <laughs> yeah, he's like both surprised and also like, okay, this is definitely going to work because she knows the place and
0: we get quick interaction so it's like you know it yes the roadhouse then the roadhouse at seven at seven great it's a date dismissed and like the way like yeah. dismissed and we go straight into the roadhouse as we get the uh transition with time to play mm-hmm. and they are drinking big beers he's chugging it as she sips it
1: yes they have steins and she's like are you sure they don't have coffee
0: yeah he gets another pitcher and
1: oh they do the because there's people playing music on the jukebox and he's like oh she says it's really loud in here and he's like yeah what
0: (laughs) i like the bit where she's talking mr schneebly can i can i ask you something and he's like just call me dewey and she's like dewey ned dewey schneebly
1: (laughs) my middle name my other name <laughs> and
0: she's like some people are born lucky and then she's like is there a Mrs. Ned Dewey?" and he <laughs> she you can get the sense here that she's kind of into him and he's like I'm not really in the she position to she finds him date.
1: weird and intriguing yeah in a he would be attractive if I could fix him kind of way
0: I like it the bit it ends because do you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna go put on a completely random song and Goes up to the jukebox
1: the entire time. This is happening. The two people who were at the jukebox are now stood in a back corner,
0: yeah, kind of quite like int- flirting.
1: It's cute, yeah, but the entire time they were just having their own conversations.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favorite TikTok artists, yeah, is does these things about like what it is actually like to be in a stage show, yeah, and how when you're in a professional stage show when your mic is off nobody can hear what you're saying on stage so yeah they're just you're whispering just, they're just having their own conversations <laughs> it's great <laughs>
0: I'll be talking a little bit about that in a moment yep I so he puts on "Edge of 17 which is the song they use in the, the film for this set piece as well
2: I, I love this moment on. like Singing. They're having
0: this serious conversation about how her staff hate her, but then they go, ooh, baby, ooh, baby, ooh. Oh,
1: yeah, she's getting really drunk off of, like, a quarter of this stein of beer. Yeah,
0: but she starts baring her soul, mm-hmm. and she talks about how the pressure of this job has turned her into a, well, into a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, she starts to show off her real rock vibe and you get the sense that there is far more to her she's really relaxed she's singing along she's swaying she's enjoying the beer the
1: people at the bar tell them to shut up and dewey's like no you shut
0: up yeah (laughs) and we talk about how she managed to once see stevie nicks here and it changed her life Mm -hmm. and dewey pounces because he's got what he wants at this point he's like i love freedom you love freedom and then we get a little bit of a, a reprise I could tell deep inside you are just like me. It's that reprise of Mount Rock, but it's slower. Mm-hmm. And it, it she's starting to get overtaken by the music. Yeah. And it's like, and you keep it locked up when it really should be in flight. Just like tonight. Well, am I right? And she's like, yeah, you're right. And we go into one of the most beautiful Songs. This is the
1: best song in the show.
0: I love this song so much mm-hmm. because it's so powerful. And the great thing about this is you see just how difficult her life is for her.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because she's not this person she presents to be at work. She's not this big professional person. And because she's focused on her career, she has missed out on all these different opportunities. And she's just grown up. Yeah, And she can't... You know when it's like, you want to do a job because you want the money? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's great because your job allows you to do the things you like. But she's gone so deep in her job that she can no longer do the things she likes because she's got the responsibility. And what makes this song worse is when you realise that Dewey is still going to exploit her. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, this is heartbreaking. And the bit where she stands up and she like takes off like this scarf she's wearing she takes off her glasses she undoes her hair and she's there as rosalie not miss mullins
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i just love where did the rock go it makes me cry every time i was i was tearing i know because <laughs> i relate to that aspect you know
1: i think everybody does that's the whole point it
0: really is so relatable and to comfort you spend so much of this show possibly being in dewey shoes possibly maybe but at this point, you're suddenly you've suddenly swapped, and it's like Dewey's the antagonist
1: he is the antagonist,
0: yeah, but that's what that's what I like about this is you've spent the whole show rooting for him, and you're you are you are not in this moment, and I think that's really fun i just I love this moment
1: yeah
0: i and I know you're gonna hate the fact that it pauses to have the exchange between the pair of them.
1: No, I'm okay with that because it feels because you can hear where it's supposed to be in the actual song, whereas was it stick it to the man we were talking about? Yeah. Stick it to the man when you play the song on the soundtrack, there's no pause, but it's when you can hear where it's supposed to be on this version. Yeah. Which makes me more There is actually
0: a pause just after hit against the fan.
1: Yeah. No, because they go, yeah.
0: There is actually a, a minor pause, but not in the same way as there is for this one. Mm. So they leave. That's because
1: this one has play out music while they're talking, yeah. whereas the other one actually just stops. The whole song stops.
0: Yeah, she has, it builds and it culminates and she's just like, sorry for the outburst. I'll be okay. Let's keep this our secret. Who'd believe it anyway? We'll pretend this never happened. File it I and think forget. I it's
1: weird when that line is used in a non-threatening way. Yeah. Cause I love that line. Yeah, I love it in things where there's villains and the villains like, but who would believe you?
0: Yeah, and it's so interesting. She's like, nobody would ever believe you that I could, I could have feelings. Mm. And it's just like, oh, this poor woman. And and yeah, she ends with saying thanks for the reminder that there is music in me. You you've reminded me of something I forgot. And then she says she has to go and do a pounces. he's <laughs> you yeah. sure about this field trip? It'd be great. Because it would be just a magical experience for them. Like when you saw Stevie for the first time and Rosalie agrees because it would be educational, education they would never forget, provided that Dewey sends the parents home happy tomorrow night. Deal. And he kisses her.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And she says, you didn't have to do that. You already have permission. And Dewey says, I know I wanted to. This is the best I've ever seen it where Dewey is almost like, I know, I I wanted to. It didn't feel as exploitative as I've seen it in the past. It felt like Dewey had also realised something but was lying to himself. And I think that's a credit to Jake Sharp's performance. Mm -hmm. But yeah, this is a moment that does make it very difficult because you're like, oh, he's going to break her heart because she is falling for Ned. And we know where this story is going. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man. And it it hurts. Mm-hmm. And you're angry at Dewey at this moment because he's jeopardising her world. Yep. And not only is he going to ruin her professional life, he's going to ruin her personal life.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I love this moment. This is something that the film doesn't have. And I'm so glad this show has. Is is more for Miss Mullins. Yeah. But just something to make me really angry at Dewey here as well. Because mm. I don't think you ever get angry at him in the film. I got angry at him here.
1: Yeah. They did everything they could to make this less bad. Yeah. And I appreciated that. But controversially up to this point i have not been rooting for dewey i root for the kids because they're the ones that put all the work into this oh yeah he's doing nothing oh
0: he really is
1: like the bare minimum other
0: than enabling them and inspiring passion in them he's actually not doing anything
1: yeah and the fact that they are on board with this like they were already hugely talented kids but it, while it's great that he's inspiring this passion in them and introducing them to a new thing that they wouldn't know about before, they're the ones that have done all the work. They end up using a song that Zach wrote. They don't use his rubbish song. Yeah. So he's done nothing to deserve any of this. And now, like, I'm supposed to root for this guy. Mm. He's not doing anything. And now he's, like, pulling one over on this girl who's actually wonderful. Yeah. And
0: oh, deep
1: what a heck and, of a girl.
0: Like <laughs> Miss Mullins is a catch.
1: Right? And so I'm like so mad at him at this point where I'm just like, I really didn't really like you. You have these moments as a character where he comes out with something that's like genuinely sweet or useful, like yeah. his conversation with Lawrence, or like the way that him and Summer like make fun of each other. Yeah. That's a nice relationship that they've
0: got. Great. And all of the kids. There are lovely moments with all of the kids. Like, yeah. You know, but even if they're just in the middle of something else.
1: At this point, I was like, oh, okay, you can go die now. I don't care about you anymore. <laughs> so anything you were going to win over on me is gone.
0: However, I do feel like there's a marked difference in him. Because the very next thing, so we, we finish off, where did the rock go? Mm-hmm. She feels hopeful, which is heartbreaking. But like, we we transition back into his living room. And on his headphones, is listening to The Edge of Seventeen. And there's a sense that there's something different about Dewey now. We have Ned cleaning up the apartment because it is their anniversary. Big plans. He's going to take Paddy to Pizza Hut. Yeah. Another
1: really out of date joke. Is it? It's fine later on when he says Nando's. I feel like that's a more recent.
0: The American version's Applebee's.
1: Yeah, that's fine, though. Applebee's is a thing. And Applebee's is a theatre kid thing. Yeah,
0: but the whole point is it's regionalised. And the same way Avenue Q has been, that we're changing it based on the audience, based on where we're at. How many of, like, a standard British audience know Applebee's?
1: Yeah, but I'd have said, like, Peter Express. No. That's way more her vibe.
0: No, but I think that's the joke, is, like, Ned's thinking he's being, like, high class. But that's
1: why it doesn't make any sense. Why Uh... would she agree to that? She wouldn't. She'd have picked some, like, posh restaurant in London. She
0: hasn't picked it. He's surprising her.
1: I know, but he says it to her later on. Yeah,
0: later on. I'd but be at mad. at this point, it's a surprise. Like, are you
1: taking me to Pizza Hut for my birthday? Like,
0: I is don't it know. her birthday or an anniversary? It's anniversary.
1: Right.
0: However, you say that, we know famously like via TikTok <laughs> that Kira Knightley, Oscar-winning actress, would go to Pizza Hut.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: has. I am Kira Knightley.
0: So you can <laughs> so complain all you so want. Not much
1: like a hut. But... <laughs> if,
0: if it's good enough for Kira Knightley, it's yeah. good enough for Patty. And Patty, speak <laughs> of the devil and for she legal shall reasons. appear.
1: reasons. <laughs> this is a joke.
0: <laughs> speak of the devil, she shall appear. Patty enters carrying mail and Neddy Ned Ned has a letter from Horace, Horace Green, Green. And Love that. Dewey is frozen. These
1: two childless adults are like obsessed with this school.
0: Right. They, they talk about how he sent in his resume, they never answered, and he thinks this is going to be a job offer,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it's a cheque for $2,600, and Dewey's lies are starting to unravel. My nan used to say, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive, and that web is now fully collapsing on mm-hmm. Dewey, and... Patty convinces Ned to ring Horace Green and say, well, they must have sent the cheque to the wrong person. They must have got it mixed up. So ring them, get it sorted. And whilst he tries to go ring them.
1: He's like, sure, sure, I'll do that. And she screams at him. He's like, you will do it now.
0: Dewey tries to steal the cheque and Ned realises. Now, one of the fun things I did, you talked about how when you're off mic, you can say whatever you want on stage. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I had three different versions of this letter for our Ned. Yeah, and each each night there was a different letter from from them. Mm-hmm. The first one, the first two ones, were just like silly letters. We I made up a fake like Horace Green um, logo, and you know how schools have like a little tagline.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd put Horace Green. We wear red because like we chose in red costumes. Yep,
1: the they wore fi- red in this one too,
0: right? <laughs> so I just thought it was funny, and it became our tagline. Backstage, anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: On the final night, I I wrote this really nice letter saying to the the student playing Ned, like how proud I was of him, and just like a really nice like letter, which apparently he kept, which I thought was really cool. Oh,
1: that's cute.
0: But yeah, it, he has this letter, and Dewey is trying to steal the check, and this is where Ned's like, "What? What? What's going on? Why are you doing this? Don't be so silly!" And they wrestle, and it ends up with them like doing rugby tackling him on the sofa and he shouts the truth i told them to make it to cash and the look on ned's face when he realizes Mm
2: -hmm.
0: like what have you done yeah ned i did something bad
1: everything is spiraling out of control
0: yeah (laughs) we get the line ned Would you believe me if I told you I'd done a bad thing? Ned replies, oh, so easily, so very easily as he is breathing into this rubber glove.
1: Oh, yeah, that was great. I really like that joke. I didn't realise that was a thing that they do in all versions because it like it would be pretty funny to just choose a different household item every time. But, yeah, they give him a marigold for him to breathe into. And so every time he breathes into it, it inflates and it just stands straight up from
0: his face. And there's a nice moment. Like so, Feathers
1: McGraw. <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a nice moment as they get wheeled off. We get the underscore to Mount Rock playing. And he's like, you can't tell. It's like the no. stress version. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you can't tell Patty.
1: <laughs>
0: and Ned's like, yeah, I won't tell Patty. And he's like, no, you have to promise because she is stronger than both of us. And it's like, she's stronger than Godzilla. She's stronger than this. Like, And I like that because he's like, scared. Mm-hmm. He's scared that Patty will ruin this.
1: Yeah, because he says to Ned, I just need 24 hours.
0: Yeah, just give me that, like, And then
1: that's fine. I mean, what does he think is going to happen after 24 hours? What's he going to do with £20,000 in prison?
0: <laughs> right. Miss Mullins is getting ready for parents' evening. Have we got enough refreshments? Tea, coffee, and we got some wine.
1: She's like, maybe hold off on that until after we've told them all the bad stuff. Yeah,
0: <laughs> only fuels their anger. Dewey struts in. And says her, her name Rosalie. I had a great time. Shankov's like, mm, what's going on?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And Miss Mullins says, nope. Miss Mullins, come on. We are we we're, we're staying professional here at work. And we we learn that the school will make an exception. Dewey can go to this concert if the parents are happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Rushes into class, but not before saying to Miss Mullins, who is clearly stressed, Hey, you're gonna be awesome. Yep. Again, the shine cups
1: in the corner, like, mm. yeah. There's something you that
0: they are same. both vibing off each other now. Dewey and Rosalie are vibing off of each other, and there's something going on into the class. Some of the kids are just playing and jamming, whilst the rest of them are decorating and making fake work. Yep. And at this point, Billy comes on with his outfit. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like Dewey is too critical of this outfit. We've got Jake Sharp's face with Bowie face paint on. He gave David Bowie to Billy as a reference point.
1: Yeah, it's his own fault.
0: Right? This costume isn't like disgusting and tacky. It's
1: completely in in... vain of what
0: he'd recommended.
1: Yeah.
0: He says it's not style. He's not going to wear it. He's in salads dressed better. (laughs) And it prompts Billy to be like in a rage well, wear your uniforms. Wear the
1: uniforms for all I care. And he's like, yeah, it's not a bad idea.
0: Poor Billy actually didn't do anything for the band in the end, did he? He just styled them. Well,
1: he them. does. He styles them in yeah. the end. And he, does make... and he does ask to be the stylist. Yeah. He doesn't ask to be the designer.
0: Yeah, that's true. So he
1: gets what he asked for.
0: But Dewey's not really focusing on their conversation now because Zach is now playing something. And Dewey's like, that's awesome. What is that?
2: Mm-hmm. And this is a
0: nice moment that Dewey does. I know you're angry. I mean, he's done with you, but I like this. Dewey's like, that's what a band does. It's
1: like the bare minimum he could do. It is,
0: but it's a really nice moment because he says, this is what bands do. We sit and we're going to learn your song. So Zach says he's not much of a singer, but Dewey says, just do it, do it. And they play the start of School of Rock. He gets everyone in rock positions. There's a nice bit where he's like, where's Freddie? And Freddie's at the drums. And <laughs> she's
1: there. She's, she's always, always
0: there. there. And they play the song they learn it off they go dewey insists again on a solo and i do like the base like how how about you change it to rock got no reason rock got no rhyme like but it's not a you should do this it's like have you thought about this Mm -hmm. which does work better rock is the reason rock is the rhyme i prefer rock got no reason
1: no he says has no
0: rock has no reason yeah
1: yeah oh my god while this is happening summer is setting up my favorite prop of this entire show yeah which is the tiny chairs
0: the tiny chairs are great nobody
1: has sat on up until this point yeah because they don't want to sit the parents i mean this is here just to be a joke yeah but so they don't sit the parents on the um you know there's america i don't know there's probably a name for them there's like american school desks where there's there's the desk is attached to the chair. Yeah. That's not a UK thing. We don't have those. No. Um, And if you went to a school that did, cool. <laughs> because I always thought these things were great. Yeah. I always wanted a little
0: drawer in my desk to, like, keep yeah, stuff Yeah, but this in. is it. It wouldn't be your drawer. It's not like you're exclusively in there. That's what's so But in American <laughs> schools, you are. Well, in, in this. I guess this is a primary yeah. school
1: or a middle school. Oh well,
0: yeah, but the kids are a little bit old. <laughs> they're all different ages.
1: <laughs> I know. They're well the casting age is eleven to fourteen. Yeah.
0: And we get some older kids, some smaller kids. It's a mismatch. But mm. they're playing this song and it culminates with Dewey doing his guitar solo just as the parents arrive and Miss Marlene chats, Mr. Schneebli, Mr. Schneebley. Everyone stops and she introduced all the kids like, uh oh and the parents are there and they are straight on the attack. Mr. Mooneyham especially. Zach is not a smart kid. He does not have time oh, this to guy waste. Is oh, the worst.
1: Right. I was going to say something way rude at the
0: moment I changed my He
1: sucks. Can you imagine saying that to a kid's face?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And thinking that he's dumb enough to not feel anything of it because he's saying it like it's something that Zach should already know yeah geez man.
0: one of the lines I always find is interesting is the fact that Mrs Hathaway knows that they're just playing music she comes in she's like someone tells me they don't work they never work they just sit around and play music so someone's been telling her mum everything but her mum hasn't thought to complain until this moment she's totally that parent who builds up all her grievances until like one
1: no, because we, we know why she hasn't said anything. Because
0: Summer's the one in charge. is
1: in charge. Yeah. She's not doing any parenting. Summer <laughs> is raising herself. Yeah.
0: This is a nice moment, though. So Dewey sits everyone down, introduces himself, and he's like, right, what... I, I can... love how he
1: gets them sat down. He's yeah. like, everybody, sit. And, and they, they sit on just, the tiny chairs. They all turn around and look at the tiny chairs, and there's like a beat where they're all just stood there, and then they're all like...
0: Yeah. In sync as well. It's <laughs> nice. But, you, like, you... The way he defends these kids to their parents, like Zach, you say he's not smart. He's amazing. He's going to be the next Hendrix. He can play guitar better than anyone I've ever met. Freddie and Katie are incredible. Lawrence is so smart. <laughs> Lawrence, he's a sex god.
1: Yeah, and the mum is like... <gasps>
0: but you know, like, ooh, very, very proud. Yeah. He talks about how uh, Marcy and Chanel have the voices of angels and Tamika, she's a star. And her dads are just like... Oh, that's all we wanted to hear.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That you know, and, and he says, "Summer will be the first woman president of the United States." I would A vote. A line for her. that
1: does not have to be updated. No, yet.
0: but this is the thing when he says this about all these kids, it's not. It's not just Dewey saying things to try and get himself out. Of, oh, you know, he means this, and like considering, especially like the, the the relationship he's got with Summer here, where they're bickering.
1: Oh, and I really like the difference between this and the movie. Yeah. Because in the movie, at this point, Patty and Ned are stood at the door with a police mm. officer. He knows they're there. He's saying these things. Just to... But they're true, but he's saying them out of panic because yeah. he wants to get it out. Whereas here, here he actually means yeah. all of it. Yeah, and
0: it's a really nice moment. And this is the thing is, obviously, everything wrong. But he knows these kids. And he ends by saying, the truth is, they're all really cool kids. If they were mine, I'd be proud. Do you know what? I am proud. And then You all suck. In comes Patty. He's an imposter.
1: Oh my God. This is one of my favourite things that happened and it was so weird and out yes. of place. But Summer's mum stands up, gets on top of her tiny chair, which does not make her that much taller, no. and screams, Yeah. no yeah then flips her hair back steps off of the tiny chair and smiles and then just sits down yeah. like i did it
0: i did it <laughs> i did and it i screamed <laughs> i love this <laughs> like, bit I... she doesn't
1: seem that fast
0: <laughs> no i love how she comes bounding in miss mullins like what is going on? this is the real ned schneebly and this loser is dewey thin he's not even a teacher he can barely read and we go into one of my favorite songs like i love dewey's confession i love the rhythm of it it's a difficult song to stage especially when you've got the parents bit but i love dewey's dewey's moment and i <laughs> bad taste joke but i always love it i love it in the film i love it here where it's like these children of yours they've truly touched me and i can assure you i have definitely touched them and you've just got the kids like
1: oh because it's mason
0: and uh sophie it, it is yeah yeah or macy it's one, one but,
1: it's two kids that really haven't had a big deal up until now and they make the best faces. But
0: everyone except Dewey makes a face because they know like... They... Summer
1: hits herself in the face with her iPad. Yeah, they're all just like, <laughs> just like,
0: they know what he's said and Dewey hasn't. And you just get one of the parents going, excuse me? Mm. And Dewey just goes, well, most of them.
1: Out of interest. Yeah, And you can cut this if you want to. But you said that one of the toughest parts to stage was the faculty quadrille because yeah. you have a lot of kids playing adults. Yeah. This has the same kind of overlapping of voices. Was that just as difficult? It was still
0: very, very difficult because there's a lot... The The, the parent songs are written with adult voices in mind.
1: And people who have full control over their vocal capacity. Yeah.
0: But I, th- I feel like this, this set piece we did a lot of work on... Faculty Quadrel was more difficult simply because we didn't have the set for it. I just think it looked the, the 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 getting the the chairs on stage and the rhythm to it and the movement to it. But the Here at Horace Screen, Here at Horace Screen, this wasn't so bad, but it was still difficult because you've got kids doing adult parts, mm-hmm. but there's so many different overlapping bits. And you've got to culminate with that idea of them backing Miss Mullins into a corner. So the choreography has to be pretty like tight and precise as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, everything's broken down. The parents confronting Miss Mullins stands on the desk as Dewey runs away. <laughs> and it culminates with, sorry to inform you that all of your children are missing. And the parents go off as we get, Aww. nothing can break these IV Halls, which is a great callback because something has broken Horace Green to its core.
1: And then we get this really cute bit.
0: Oh, I love this bit. Yeah. I
1: like the the whole because again, we don't get this in the film. There's because we're following. We Jack never Black, see,
0: we never see this. How they get here, yeah. Mm.
1: So all the kids are out already in the school bus waiting to go. Presumably have also convinced the bus driver the same way they did in the film yeah
0: but no someone's driving the bus
1: 100% 100%. so Mason comes running back in because he needs to get his laptop yeah and Miss Mullins sees him and it's it's so nice to have like yeah the perspective of a child actually change an adult's mind in a show especially because that's like the point right
0: there's a cuter bit before that, though, where Miss Mullins is stressing and Miss Sheinkopf, she just says, you yeah. think I've been a fool?" Miss Sheinkopf? says, if you're asking, I think you need to pull yourself together and take charge. You can do it. You're a strong woman and a good principal. And I don't want to hit any more self-doubt today. And for Miss Mullins, it's the most like, oh, OK, it's like this, this, this double blow of two amazing things happening that remind her that she can do this. Mm. She's got the respect of her staff. And the kids appreciate her. And it's this really nice moment. And yeah, Mason's like, we're good. And and it doesn't matter that he's not who he says he is. We want to do this. And he gives her a hug because she says, I'll fight off the parents. And she goes uh, back into battle and she just adjusts herself and walks off She He strong.
1: says, I love you, Miss Mullins. It's so
0: cute. It it's really, cute. really is a nice moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We go back to Dewey's apartment and Patty wants him out. She doesn't feel safe. I don't know who you're sick. You exploited children, which is a really good point. It's the one time you really agree with her. Is is like, these are children.
1: Kind of agreed with her the whole time. Yeah.
0: And Dewey's like, I was just trying to pay rent. And she says, how dare you try and make this about us? You did this. And Ned tries to get Patty to stop shouting. Patty says she's leaving and when she gets back, she wants Dewey out of here. And then I think the worst bit for Dewey at this point, like he's already down. Everything's gone wrong. And now Ned's like, I'm saying I want you to leave me. I want you out of here because you could have ruined my life and I'm done with you. And like you feel the point here where Dewey's like, yeah, I've lost everything. And it is like it coming from Ned. It's a strong moment from Ned and you feel it. Now, this is one of the things that always frustrates me about this show. We get the Where Did The Rock Go reprise. And on the CD, there is a brilliant version where Dewey sings Where Did The Rock Go. And we just get the instrumental, but we don't get Dewey actually singing Where Did The Rock Go. What is music when there's no one to hear? And it always bugs me because it's such a great moment as he, like, takes off the posters and folds them up and starts to take things and pack things. Because he's broken at this point, and I love this version of this song, and it makes me teary. And I don't get why it doesn't go there, because you've got the instrumental. Why can he not sing this bit? Because I love it when people sing other people's songs.
1: Well, like, it's one of two things. It's either the amount of time you could have a certain person in the studio for. Yeah. (laughs) Or it's, and Andrew Lloyd Webber does this a lot with things, because this isn't a recording of the concept for School of Rock, like Cats, Cinderella, the original Phantom recording, you know, those are all concept albums, so everything's on there. yeah. But this was a, after the show's already been kind of a hit, they then recorded
0: yeah so maybe it's just adjustments all the kids come bursting in and Dewey kind of composes himself and is like what are you doing here they've come to get him he's like I lied to you I used you and worst but I wasted your time go back to your lives and go and the kids all try and convince him and suddenly this Tamika, is the second best song in the soundtrack yeah Tamika just stands up and is like only you would listen you understood and all the kids join in they all talk about how he has inspired them whether he meant to or not summer needed respect freddie needed a chance zach couldn't connect lawrence and katie just wanted one glance they just wanted somebody to notice them and dewey gave them this And I really like, it's like, school won't be the same without you. We don't care that you're not Mr. Schneebly. We want you, because you have inspired us.
1: Yeah, Summer's one... What does Summer say she wants?
0: I needed respect. Okay. I feel like she needed to feel like she wasn't just this
1: Maybe from the other kids, sure. Because I feel like, like you said earlier, these kids aren't friends before this. Yeah they are classmates and that's kind of it. There doesn't seem to be like any interpersonal relationships within this class, but here she's getting respect that goes both ways between these kids. But
0: this is the thing is I think Summer had this fake idea of respecting other people,
2: mm.
0: but also the idea, like I not I think Summer, she's, there's no real parenting. They just let her do what she wants. Cause she's, she's smart. Cause yeah. she's smart. And her teacher probably just like, well done. Look at the amount of gold stars she has. Like no one challenges Summer on her anything. And, In Dewey, she's found someone who will challenge her. Even though he's not an intellectual rival, he'll challenge her and has actually made her better because she's more reined in and respectful of others. Mm -hmm. You know for a fact, and you see it with Freddie. she talks Freddie down like, you play the symbols. Yeah. She's actually learned how to respect others because someone's actually given her that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're all like, you've taught us so much since you've been here and Dewey can't, and he gives up and buried underneath his... Star Wars sheets and we hear in the bus when the world has screwed you and crushed you in its fists
1: they jump on his bed and he's like get off my bed
0: yeah and they all go for it and Dewey just stands and is like stick it to the man and everyone is like we can do this and Dewey rises to teach rock to the world and we get the reprise moment of there's no way you can stop the school of rock. I love it culminating in stick it to the man. And they, they bound off to the battle. Patty walks in. There is a bus full of singing kids blocking the driveway. Where do they live if they have a driveway?
1: I, think, I feel like they live in a walk-up that has a driveway. Yeah.
0: And Dewey's like, yeah, we're off to the battle of the bands. You can't stop me. Patty tries to talk Ned out of it, and like Ned finally stands up to Patty with shut up. I'm going to the show and we transition into My Heroes No Vacancy, coming back on to do another version of (laughs) I'm Too Hot For You. We had our third costume change here, it came out as the Black Parade.
1: Hmm. Oh yeah, I like that picture.
0: Yeah, Just because we could. I, I love My Chemical Romance and if I could reference them every time I would.
1: You'd be proud of me. I listen to a My Chemical Romance song on my way home. You today. listen to
0: the worst My Chemical Romance song. I listen to the one that's on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Teenagers. I like it. I one of the things I was really worried about translating with the tour and the experience at the Gillian Lynn Theatre is you have this moment in the Gillian Theatre where Oh,
1: well, they used the revolve,
0: right? Right. So I was worried. That's one of my favorite things is you have no vacancy performing, and they revolve around, and the audio volume drops. Like we're now backstage. So the first bits they I are like out in the front way of that us. they did this. Yeah, it's great. And then, yeah, you don't need
1: the revolve for this though. No, well, we... like the way that they did it in the version we saw, because there isn't a revolve in every theater, so you can't have it. Yeah. It was done very well.
0: Yeah, and I really like it. I was worried about how it translates. It is great, because I love the edit we're now backstage. We can see the backs of No Vacancy performing and the kids rallying, like nervous rallying, and the audio level dropping, so we can just hear No Vacancy, but not in the same way. I think it's such a cool little moment.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And the kids are all prepared, getting ready. Billy has a costume for Dewey. And the parents come on. The
1: parents, though, allow- but the security guards told them they're not allowed to come backstage. And Summer's mom is like, Summer, tell them to let us through. And, and all... Summer's like, mm, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. We've actually had, before the parents arrive, this is when Dewey's like, we're playing Zach's song. And they're like, we won't win. He goes, it doesn't matter. We're not here to yeah, win. It's the same as the parents. It's the better song. But yeah, this the whole reason with the parents exists only, I mean. So that we can. So that Dewey can change costume.
1: Well, yeah. But also so that we can have Zach be like, yeah, you think I'm an idiot. So I'm not interested in you anymore.
0: And this is it. All the kids are like, this man means more to us than any of you do right now. Because he's done more for us than Mm. you have. And it's a really nice moment. You know, you've got Mr. Williams being like, why Tamika? Why now? Because I'm part of the class for the first time. And all the kids are standing up to their parents. And it's, again, Dewey's inspired them. To stand up for themselves. It's not just standing up against bullies. It's against their parents. Because the voices here is is the fact that parents think they know best. Mr. and Mr. Spencer Williams think they know what's best for Tamika. No, they don't. They've not listened. They've actually made her quality of life worse. Mm. If anything, they've jeopardised her future more by going to Horace Green. Because she's not happy there. So it's really nice to have this moment where everyone is like... Yeah, you're wrong. They they resolve to go and get their own tickets. Zach's dad sneaks around the security guards and, like, grabs Zach. He's like, you are not going out to like, come with me now. And the security guards, like, pull him away. And it's like, if you want to watch the show, you are paying for a ticket. Mm-hmm. Which is nice, because when they start to come out as a school of rock in a moment, you see the parents come into the auditorium and they watch from there. Yeah,
1: what's supposed to happen is they're supposed to have a an empty box in each show, which is a nice little phantom reference. Yeah, Box number four will be kept for my use, said Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> and yeah, so they're all supposed to be, because in the movie they're on the balcony, they're not in the front row. So yeah. they're supposed to be up in a box watching this so that you can see them. And... Because, <laughs> this is still weird things to complain about, but because we were in the front row. Yeah,
0: there was no space for them.
1: No, no, they like they could have had a box. There was a box yeah. above us. But you actually wouldn't see them from the stalls no. if they were in the box. Mm. But because we were sat in the front row, I
0: couldn't see them and I wanted yeah. to be able to see what they were doing. When I saw at the Gillian Lynn Theatre, you know you've got like the four or five rows that move. And then you've got the aisleway. Mm. That's where they stand in the aisleway there. Yeah. It's really cool.
1: That's cool too. But again,
0: if you are sat in front of them, you don't see it and you miss a nice moment where they're like slowly converted to being like, our oh, kids are good. Yeah,
1: because one of the things it says on my thing in front of me is that at the end of Teacher's Pet, Zach's dad, because the, the rest of the parents start to go back backstage so they can come on but Zach's dad is the only one that's left standing there and Summer's mum has to come back and get him because he can't move because he's so surprised, which I didn't even see happen because I was watching the kids because they're ridiculous.
0: Yeah, so this is the nice moment where the band, the orchestra, put their instruments down and they sit with their rock fists and they just jam and watch the kids and enjoy it. this is i think the most important song in this it may not be the best song but it's the song that if you are familiar with school of rock you are here to see and you've got the most expectations for you know what i mean it's like in phantom the song everyone will go in with the most expectations for will be bum 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 everyone Mm. knows that if when we watch phantom i that was the thing i knew this is the song that has the most expectations and it's a song you have to get right. And I love this song and I think it works really well. And I love the idea. I know you hate this, but I love that you've got all the kids on stage and you've got, you know, the ones that aren't in the band encouraging everyone to clap and, and, and get be part of it. Like, this is a rock show. We go back to No Vacancy in the very first one. This is not a musical number. This is a rock show.
1: Why do I hate this?
0: You said you didn't like the audience interaction.
1: Of what? There isn't any audience interaction There well. is.
0: They're pointing at us and encouraging us to clap our hands and be involved.
1: Oh, no. That I don't have a problem with. Okay. That's fine. I have a problem with them pointing at people specifically. And when do they like, do that? Yeah, you, clap harder. Like, they were doing that. The kids were all shouting that at people. Oh, I didn't see that. That kind of stuff just makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, and
0: that's fine. I was so into this. The song ends, massive applause and we go backstage and the parents are just like, you are amazing. And then we have Zach Sad come here and Zach's like, are you mad at me? And we, I like this moment where Zach is like mad. I love you son and I've never been more proud because it's like, he knows he's been wrong. And it's, I wish there was like, I'm sorry. And I've never been more proud. I wish there was an apology, but this is like a nice moment where it's like, the parents listen and the final parent needed, who needed to come round to us has come round.
1: Mm. And then... None of the adults ever apologise for their actions in this show. No,
0: which is why Bluey's so great because Bandit apologises. Mm.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Right. we have watched all of Bluey.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> that's, that's, great. that's the thing. The like,
1: best parenting on TV. It's
0: the one thing I, I would add if I was to do this again is I would make the parents say, we're sorry. But yeah. like, I like that there's this moment where Zach's dad comes in really strong and like fierce and intimidating.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And is like, I am not mad. I've never been more proud of you. And, you know, all the kids are happy. They've got someone. Who's Dewey going to have? Ned. Yeah, Ned busts out his maggot death costume. In his... Yeah, I liked his boots. Right. He's dressed and the script says satanic sex god. I love it. I love it. I think he comes out like and Dewey's like oh my god Ned and they do mega death mania it's a nice little moment and then Miss Mullin shows up he's like i've got a work thing to do and before he can speak with Rosalie Patty comes in with a policeman mm-hmm. and just as the uh policeman's going to try and arrest Dewey Miss Mullin says he's not a teacher no
1: he's our band teacher he's our
0: music coach and he is fully qualified for that Mm-hmm. and all the parents agree, which is nice, they've all been one round, and the policeman tells Patty off, think twice before you waste police time. He exits, and Patty looks dejected, and Ned steps forward. Because uh, like...
1: he didn't recognise, she didn't recognise him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He
0: just goes, give it up, Patty. It's over. And she is shocked. But then it's kind of like, Ned? Ned. She likes this side of him. Yeah and he
1: that that raised a lot of questions for me but
0: yeah yeah so this is where you you've already mentioned it he says forget pizza hut i'm taking you to nando's and she jumps into his arms or is it he jumps into her arms and she whisks him off
1: no she she leads but she's like dragging him by the collar by the literal physical collar that he's wearing
0: i thought he picks her up and scoops her off No, that's what I thought. She's
1: like twice his height.
0: Yeah, that. But then, so then I think he jumps into her arms or something. But what do you think is the American version? So, forget Pizza Hut, I'm taking you tonight. Forget Applebee's, I'm taking you to. It's not breadsticks.
1: Taco Bell.
0: No, it's Red Lobster. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, Olive Garden would be better. Yeah, I love Olive Garden. As they leave.
0: (laughs) Dewey turns to Rosalie and says, "You really, you didn't really mean that, did you? About mm. being music coach?" And she says, "I don't know. Let's try it, coaching after class." Because I'll tell you this, Dewey Finn, I have never felt so cool in my life. And she kisses him. And then Jeff he Sanderson's voiceover: to "Be
2: too good for him." Yeah,
0: she's too good for him. Mm-hmm. Jeff Sanderson has a voiceover and he announces the winner of Battle of the Bands is sorry, who's Jeff? Sanderson? host
1: okay the guy with the beard yeah all right (laughs) just saying this name like i should know who that is jeff sanderson right right yeah they announced that uh i was gonna say maggot jeff then what are they called no vacancy and and because we're an english audience we booze yeah
0: absolutely and all the parents yeah
1: this is the bit i had a problem with this doesn't work unless your audience join in so what happens in america is this pre-recorded?
0: Probably a pre-recorded thing. The, the parents are angry. They start chanting School of Rock, encouraging us to chant School of Rock, oh, School of Rock. And because
1: it's audience interaction, my favourite thing that always happens with audience interaction happened, which was everybody stopped chanting except for one dude at the back. One
3: who
0: went School,
1: school of love.
0: Yeah. Ah. <laughs> However, this is the great thing about wearing a mask in the theatre is you can look like you're joining in that's true but the kids are all upset obviously they wanted to win and do he's like hey it doesn't matter they're chanting our name that means more and he's like yeah so
1: no real rock star
0: ever won anything and yeah jeff sanderson's like
1: guess we'll do another encore he's
0: like stop throwing things at me please okay Mm -hmm. back by popular command school of rock
1: yes and then if you want to see the encore of the version that we saw, of yeah. School of Rock, you can head over to our TikTok yeah. and watch the entire video. Yeah,
0: because he comes out and he's like...
1: If you want to take pictures or film, now's the time to do it.
0: Yeah, and it's like... I like
1: I like having a character a in the show yeah. tell me I can do that. Because obviously the we're at a concert at this point. Yeah. I did look around to see whether there were ushers with the signs that say, you may now film. Because that's what I'm used to, but yeah, this was it. It's a nice way to let your audience know that they can do that. Yeah,
0: and we've talked extensively about it on our Frozen episode. We were sat in the front row. We didn't put everything up in the air. No, I had it, I had it at chest height, yeah, so that I wasn't we were able anywhere. to. But we tried. I, I certainly made an effort. I got a few pictures of of Dewey jumping about the stage, having some nice pictures. Yeah, yeah, but
1: I filmed the whole ending because yeah. I was like. it's
0: great, I love it, we have a nice like, stick it to the man and then Dewey's like, are you having a good time, are you having a good time
1: and then we have Queen of the Night finale oh the
0: finale, this is one of my favourite ever like curtain calls, because Dewey brings people out one at a time we have the parents and teachers of Horace Green Mm -hmm. then we have the Demon Rascals the children, but then we get some named actors, so the kids that get named names. Named bows. Ah, Tamika, Summer, and Billy,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: will be very cool. And then we have individual ones. So are coming out on bass. We have Katie
1: because but... they're still playing at this point as yep. well. Yeah.
0: Then they have Lawrence coming out,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then they have Freddie. Yep. And they, do... I think, they saved the, the the most important of the the solo kids for last with Zach because I think Zach's got the most like emotional arc in it. I think Zach is the right one because it culminates at this moment with his dad. We don't see anything else like some of the other kids. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Everyone cheers and then uh, we get the band, so we get the orchestra. Yeah, who are great. And then we get his best friend, the peanut butter to my jelly, Ned Schneebly. They mm-hmm. come out, they they interact. And then we get Patty, who is now in rock gear as well, mm-hmm. which is great. And then the Queen of the Night herself, Rosalie Mullins.
1: Yeah, who's still in her same costume, except now she's the leather jacket with an embroidered rose on the back of it. Which I really liked the look of that. That was nice.
0: And we get the Queen of the Night bit where she sings and Dewey goes... And he
1: shows his legs again.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love Dewey's bit. (laughs) Why
1: does he do that? Was that in the version you saw as well? No. No. It's just a Jake Sharp choice. It's just a Jake Sharp choice. And it's a great choice.
0: It's so funny. I I love it. And then Rosalie gives up for Dewey. The rock god of my heart and yours. Dewey Finn.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I've actually, I do have a video and I'll show you at some point. It's me doing this. The the day our Dewey was sick, I had to do a curtain call. Jeez, it's so energetic. Like you've got to like, oh, I loved it. I'll show you the video. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But I think it's, I think it is maybe the best curtain call I've ever seen. Frozen, I really liked the bit where Elsa and Anna come down together in the Ice Palace, but I think this is the best curtain call. Other than, no, I think it tops Wind in the Willows.
1: That's what I was going to say.
0: Honestly, because I love that it really does fit with this one. I like the bits in Wind in the Willows where, like,
1: Everybody sings. Everybody's what? just trying to wind toe They toco the Chief end, Weasel like encourages it. They're all it, yeah. still in character until the end of the bows. But I think
0: this is a i I think this is my favorite one. Maybe if I, when I've seen Wind in the Willows live.
1: Right. One day. Right. Wind in the Willows is like our joint favorite musical. We have our own favorites separately, but as a couple, Wind yeah. in the Willows is our favorite musical. Yeah. But one day it will be back on in the West End and we will go and see it. And, and we, will we will encourage all of
0: you to come with us.
1: Yeah, because it's such a good show. It's on
0: Broadway HD and we don't have access to it, so we can't watch it as much. We saw I it last watch time when it... all
2: the time. Oh, if it's if great. It the now. soundtrack's
0: amazing. Anyway, right. We're at the end of School of Rock. Mm-hmm. So, uh, before we get to a few views of other people, what is your best song? Let me get the list. You've tonight. said it's Where Did the Rock Go or only you would listen the second one where it's like you gave us voices yes
1: there is no war it is where did the rock go yeah
0: where did the rock go is is there but i will also say you're in the band stick it to the man live in my head permanently rent free
1: <laughs> and outside of your head and everywhere else yeah um,
0: <laughs> i i honestly love the whole soundtrack the skip song's really difficult for me what is your skip song
1: Right, excluding songs that are from the
0: film. No, what's the skip song? Let's go by what's actually on the soundtrack. So we're going to ignore things like Amazing Grace. We're going to ignore reprises because... Right,
1: I'm looking at the cast album list.
0: Yeah, so we're going to go with that simply because it's all well and good saying, oh yeah, well we would skip Amazing Grace because everyone would skip Amazing Grace, but it's not actually an option. So let's talk about what are our options. What would be your skip it song on School of Rock?
1: I feel like you're going to be mad, whatever I say. You're
0: going to say Variation 7, I guess.
1: It's not my skip song because I like Children of Rock.
0: But it's, a, it's the same way of Queen Anointed in Frozen that we can skip Queen Anointed because it's its own song. But we wouldn't... They've separated s- yeah. it
1: from the thing, yeah. But so I, I would skip Variation 7 slash Children of Rock, but I wouldn't if they were separated. Yeah. And that's You'd my problem you skip just with Variation
0: it. 7. See, I really, I spent ages looking at this and trying to think, and I have said my Skip It song, despite how much I love it, is Horace Green, Alma Mater. I really like it, but for me, sometimes I'm just really not in the mood of the really long introduction with the three different sets of parents and all the talking. I just mm. want to get right into the song. And I would, I would have no excuse to skip it if we didn't have um, that talking, if he we just went straight into here a Taurus screen, you know. Mm, so, but that isn't my skipper song. Is in the end of time a cappella version.
1: Well, that's why I was going to say not once from the movie because I appreciate that on its own. I wouldn't listen to it, but my skipper song's When I Climb to the Top of Mount
0: Rock. Yeah, which sucks because that is your net winch. You never... know
1: what I like better than that? What? Patty's reprise of When You Climb to the Top of Mount Rock.
0: I mean, I'll say this we are never skipping top of Mount rock because i I love it
1: it's like how let it go is my skip it song
2: in frozen
0: no i i will say i think my skip it song is is good i'm gonna stick to that of uh, if i had to choose one and this is this is the hardest one i've ever had to do a skip it song for is horace green alma mater just because the intro is too long for me Mm -hmm. and and that's that's it that's the only reason because i love it i love the whole soundtrack to this i think it's a flawless soundtrack
2: Yes,
1: who's your...
0: MVP is the kids.
1: Uh, see, they're so good and they're so talented. And obviously, they are incredible. Yeah, obviously. And I'm hugely looking forward to, because we are going to see this again. Yep. To seeing a new set of kids. Because we're going to be seeing a completely different group of children. So the kids of this show and all the kids that are on tour at the moment with School of Rock... Are phenomenal, incredible people, yeah, who are more talented yeah. than I could ever hope. So, I, to be. I think we
0: can both safely say the kids are our own MVPs. But if we had to,
1: but mine's Jake Sharp,
0: yeah. I, I mean, <sighs> like, oh, uh,
1: and I say this every time we watch a show where because he is the lead, where the
0: lead show character is just... literally just doesn't leave the stage, yeah, he he's off for like of... two songs. Yeah.
1: That's amazing. This is it, but
0: the, there is an argument. And again, this is the most difficult I've ever had to do it because you could say Miss Mullins is your MVP.
1: Because yeah, I love her.
0: she is fantastic. and, and She's actor, one of the few
1: characters I genuinely care about. Yeah,
0: it, I think it's Rebecca Locke who plays her, is phenomenal.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: you do, there's so much more depth to her, but I think you have got to say, like, Jake Sharp carries this brilliantly. Like, you may hate Dewey, you may love Dewey. Jake Sharp has a phenomenal performance and a really great bond with the kids on stage you know you feel there's a connection with them and it's great and Mm -hmm. i love it and it's what i love about school of rock is those moments with dewey and and the students on stage It just feels so organic and real who would you want to play
1: miss marlins
0: yeah i i would want to play dewey dewey
1: i'd happily be one of the adults in this actually Yeah.
0: yeah that's good it's yeah
1: because they I'd love to do all the teacher stuff. I think that's hilarious. You do teach
0: that, uh, and be a I'd parent. I'd happily be a parent. Yeah. And uh, one of the rockers in the bar. And like, all that stuff is great. Yeah, the ensemble stuff is good. I <sighs> Dewey is my dream role. Like, 100%. If I could only ever play one role on stage, I think I've said before, like, Squip. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I
0: think it would be Dewey. I, 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 I wish I was talented enough to even be in the conversation to play Dewey. Because it's great. And it, you know, it's just, it is awesome. And I think it's very difficult with this as a role because you're taking something that Jack Black really did. I mean, it it launched his career. He was already big, but this is what made him a Hollywood star. Mm -hmm. I love him in this. Before I ask for your star rating, I'm just going to talk about Twitter and Instagram quickly. On Twitter, we had three options. First of all, are you a fan? Yes, I'm in the band no vacancy and it's okay i prefer the film 50 mm-hmm. 50 between i'm in the band and i pref- it's okay but i prefer the film nobody voted no on twitter cool and over on instagram it is 89 percent in favor of yes i'm in the band and 11 of saying no vacancy so I think the fact that obviously we only have two options on on Instagram, but the sheer majority, are like, yes, I love this. And the fact that on Twitter, like, we've got fifty percent saying it's okay,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: fifty percent saying yes, the fact that nobody said no to it, I think speaks volumes to how good the quality of this adaptation is.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm not gonna get into specific comments. Uh we, we got a few. Uh I'll say one. We got uh, Tara Kabash.
1: Him we love.
0: Yep yes 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 this is one of the shows i've honestly been most impressed by the sheer talent of all involved particularly the children is insane definitely on my list to see again if when possible the fact i've seen this like five times now and i still love it each time Mm -hmm. it's great i gave this one five stars but we knew that coming into this
2: Mm.
0: what is your star rating the most important star rating this week I know it's not five stars. It's
1: not five stars and I feel really bad about it because I had a great time. But you know how when we talk about them, sometimes you're like, yeah, but can I compare this to the five star I gave this show? Yeah. Like the shows that I have as my five star shows that I hold as like a special place. This doesn't hit the the same level as those do for me. So I think this is like... Three and a half, stars. and that's fine
0: though. But that's absolutely. But I'm
1: excited f- to go and see it again. Yeah,
0: right. I, and to
1: get more of
0: it. Yeah, I could see this again and again. And I think the cast are incredible. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the adaptation is done really, really well. Oh, definitely. And I just think there's something really special about this show. But I'm very biased. <laughs> the thing is with this one as well is just that as a teacher. I think this is one of the best shows or or films I've seen about what it is to be a teacher and the impact you have on children's lives. And I think it does a much better job of that than the film does. Yeah. And I think that for me is especially really moving as a drama teacher is, you know, there are kids that maybe wouldn't succeed otherwise, but they find a passion or an interest in your subject. And for me... I'm not saying I'm Dewey, but Dewey gives those kids the opportunities I have striven my professional career to give children.
2: Mm.
0: I remember as a child my opportunities to do uh, performances, and I hope that the kids who are part of any of the casts I've been with... I mean, I actually I caught up with one of our, one of our students who left last year, earlier today, which makes you very jealous. Mm-hmm. She Shout out
1: to my number one student.
0: <laughs> she actually said to me, I, I kid you not, the happiest she's ever been was the School of Rock.
1: That's so rude. Right. Considering you're not her favourite teacher. She might have just been saying
0: that. But, <laughs> and, and she was a big part, like her, you know, big part of Greece has been in, in every show we did, we had the opportunity to, but she did say that like School of Rock was one that was really up there as a really fond memory. Mm-hmm. You know? And... I feel that resonation with Dewey as a character, like whether he does it for selfish reasons or not. Mm. You could argue I do it for selfish reasons. I I want to give students these opportunities like I had. Is that selfish or selfless? I just, it resonates with me. You know? Yeah. So we are now very firmly in the middle of October. Mm-hmm. So it is time, I think, to start the spooky spooky season
2: spooky.
0: Yeah. next week is going to be a decom
1: yeah it is it's I'm so excited
0: decom hell I think yep. what are we watching in honour of the spooky season
1: we're going to watch zombies I'm so hyped I... I have not watched this in such a long time
0: I think this is going to be trash oh 100% but, like...
1: but it's good Halloween good clean Halloween
2: fun yeah
0: absolutely <laughs> And we will then have a special, really spooky musical Mm
2: -hmm.
0: a week after. And we will uh, leave you on suspense. And hopefully next week we will also confirm the rest of the year. Because we will only have, I believe, nine episodes left until we hit 2022. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening in to this episode. And if you would like to get involved in the conversation about zombies or about School of Rock, you can do so over on Twitter And Instagram at It's a Musical Pod, and you can check out our shiny TikTok at It's a Musical Pod as well for some of our backstage shenanigans and to see some actual clips of this fantastic show Mm -hmm. so you can see what we were talking about for once. You can, as always, subscribe to us on a multitude of great podcasting platforms there's Apple Podcasts, Spotify google podcasts the amazon music app under the podcast sections in the library you can find us on stitcher you can find us on good pods and you can find us on our og hosts podbean yep. and if you like what we do why not head over to apple podcasts or Podchaser.com and leave us a five star review and make our days just a little bit brighter as we go into winter when there's very little sunlight yes next week we will be back the zombies the same bat place same bat channel have
1: a spooky musical monday
0: <laughs> and don't forget to stick it to the man